Hello everybody and thank you for dropping into this edition of Walking the Ropes. I'm Caleb. And I'm Blake. We have an awesome show for you tonight. We will be covering uh, Impact, Dynamite, NXT, SmackDown, as well as predicting Fastlane and all of the Twitter polls from those subsequent shows that I listed before Fastlane because obviously Fastlane is a predictions thing. You guys don't have a poll for that one. I don't know why I'm explaining that. Yeah, my minus impact because Caleb fucked up again this week. <laughs> Twitter, make it so you can fucking schedule polls, please. Fuck. Yeah. Anyways, uh, if you are new to walking the ropes, I guess I should continue on with my spiel here. Uh, if you're new to walking the ropes or if uh, you've been watching for a while now... Uh, you can always find absolutely all of our stuff through our link tree. That includes all the ways to listen to us, all the podcasting platforms we're on, our Twitch, our YouTube, all that fun stuff. Uh, ways to support us, such as our Redbubble with merch and our tipping page and our social media, where you can participate in the polls and be notified when we are going live. <clears throat> um, so that out of the way. Yeah, it's it's been a week of wrestling. Um overall thoughts. What what are what are your overall thoughts from the past week so far? I enjoyed Tuesday and Wednesday. Yep. Yep. Um I I think I can agree there. Um We already did our our raw review and that, so uh we I know how we there. feel about raw. <laughs> but um yeah, you you got uh any news? Um Unfortunately, I actually don't. I forgot to write up a news list for this show. Um I have just a a few quick points and whatnot. Um my first point which actually was um I guess uh rebuttaled against uh tonight on smackdown which uh we talked about really briefly when we started to talk um there was reports that stroman and and shane was supposedly pulled from sunday and you couldn't find it anywhere on their website any of that shit but tonight they advertised it so it must be going forward then i we we're not getting the match. We know we're not getting the match. It's we're not happening getting at Mania. Okay, we're not getting. We're gonna get a bell. We're gonna get a start. You think? Oh, I definitely think we're gonna get a start. But I just don't know. There won't be a finish. Do you think it's like a double countout? Do you think it's like a? a... No, I don't even think WWE would go as a finish uh, official to have a bell ring. I think it'll like a final bell ring. Like, it'll be the start bell, and then it'll just kind of end. I, I'm i still not not sure we get the bell, but, I mean, that's for predictions um, later. Yeah. Um, I was talking to you uh, about it. Apparently, Charlie Caruso, uh, backstage uh, interviewer, she had a spot on the Talking Smack panel and all that. Um, apparently she had some backstage heat for being late to pre-shoots and stuff like that. I also saw stuff about heat with wrestlers for some reason. Didn't really read as to why there. And apparently they have taken her off TV and are just 
they're just waiting for a contract to now expire, which I, I don't, I don't know what to say to that. Yeah, um, I, I'm not a hundred percent certain either. I mean, when you get rumors of backstage heat, you've always got to be so careful about where you go with it because it, you know, it, it's uh, unless it comes from you know the mouth of the individual or something. Uh, you can't really say. Uh, and speaking of backstage heat, uh, that goes along with another point. I don't have it written down, but I read it earlier. Uh, apparently Jack Evans, uh, of AEW is, has some backstage heat as well. Uh, um, oh, that might explain why he wasn't ringside for Angelico's match. Yeah. Uh, on dark, it was him versus dark orders, 10 Preston Vance. Mm-hmm. Um, and he hit a, I think it was a 450, I think it was, and caught Vance, uh, 10 in the mouth with his elbow which if you've seen the photo on twitter it's a really in my opinion i thought the photo was really neat his mask is bloody he has the blood down his face and it's him and and brody him and brody jr um apparently evans garnered a bit of heat for that he's been botching a lot on dark lately i guess okay um and so people are starting to get a little pissed off and, and shit like that um yeah you gotta work safe and I guess they had removed um, the dark feed and re-edited it and then reposted it after it aired. Because I guess a lot of people were complaining about the about Brody um, being seen in the ring with Preston and fist bumping him with Preston bleeding and shit. And I was like, like, come on, the kid's grown up around this shit. I mean, obviously nobody else seemed to have an issue with it. I mean, his his mother posted, uh, Amanda Huber posted another big thing talking about Brody um, and, and his love of pro wrestling and the fact that, you know, people see him on TV and these people still think that that AEW's using him and and this and that and, and that this pro wrestling, I mean, it's it's it's, it's his life. People don't see, yeah. you know, the hotel rooms doing the homework and you know uh i guess i guess he got almost straight a's and like three b's which i mean i mean congratulations brody jr i mean good good report card kid uh keep it up <laughs> trust me uh keep well, it he's up got, he, he can't watch wrestling till he gets his math homework done <laughs> yeah hey man don't even joke about that 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 happened a few times for me I started oh, I'm falling speaking behind. from a history. Like, I started falling behind in shit when I fell into wrestling. Oh, yeah. So, the thing is, is I'd just get around it. I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm done. And they wouldn't check. And... See, <laughs> I had that workaround until the report card came in. And you had the season D's. And it was like, uh-oh. I just went, I don't know. I thought I did well. <laughs> Guess I'm just dumb. <laughs> they but, took um... it, so... <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, like, um, there's actually videos on Amanda Huber's Instagram of, uh, Brody training in a ring, uh, with, uh, Natalia Neidhart, um, and some of their training friends, um, some cool stuff in that, uh, but yeah, I guess I was edited, um, which I I found to be interesting. Um, but yeah. Uh, 
Kurt Stallion, uh, 205 Live, has been seen on NXT a few times. He was doing stuff with, I think it was Santos, Santos Escobar for the Cruiserweight title, if I'm not mistaken, back a, about a month uh, ago or so. He challenged for it, uh, and the, it was that one where it's like he didn't get the match, and then they all of a sudden did do the match like the next week because Regal yes. was like, because Santos just didn't want to. No, that was for Cross, wasn't it, maybe? He uh oh, anyway. they, they they attacked Stallion backstage yes. and then he said like the match will happen next week or it was the same shit that happened with Cross. Literally yeah. like mirror almost. But um, just yeah, a slightly different. <laughs> he is apparently out with an injury. Um from okay. what I read, uh So Diamond in the Rust uh broke? Not Tyler Rust, Kurt Stallion. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I got those two confused. I think he did something with Tyler Rust too, though. You saying that. Probably, Um, and that might be why I get them a little confused. But I think they also kind of look similar. I think so. I don't know. Um, Chelsea Green, uh, obviously known as Matt Cardona's fiance, she was on Impact, all that stuff. NXT, uh, she debuted on SmackDown and I think broke her wrist in her debut. Her and so. Santana Garrett, who was in the Women's Rumble this year, uh, were backstage at SmackDown tonight. Obviously, they were not. Um, they were not uh, featured on the show. I was trying to think of the word. I appreciate that. <laughs> You're um, good. But uh, Chelsea Green has apparently been cleared uh, to return to action. Good. Um, oh, I don't know. There, there are so many little here and there things. Um, <laughs> uh, we talked about this briefly. Triple H is reportedly in quarantine after the COVID-19 uh, outbreak at the Performance Center, uh, taken as a precaution, along with, uh, if you watched NXT this week, and as we go through the card, you'll notice a lot of notable names missing. Weren't there, yeah. Um, apparently many people were quarantined, Triple H being one of them. Um, a big announcement this week, uh, and I actually, um, my jaw kind of dropped a a little bit when i saw it it surprised me um the next inductee into the 2021 hall of fame class um none other than eric bischoff yeah that one's a bit interesting so so not only are we talking the guy that tried to put wwe out of business yeah then worked for them uh-huh. Left the wrestling, but left them, went to another company to try and rival them again. Yeah, came back, got fired, and has now been appearing for their new competition. <laughs> I wouldn't say appearing for the competition per se, but doing little spots here and there. Like he's done. I wouldn't say he's like doing it for AEW, but I feel like he's doing it more for the whatever promotion that he's not promotion, but whatever he's kind of working as right now, like his podcast or whatever. He's more doing it for that than anything. Yeah, but I mean, he's he's been uh, on the program. He's for been sure. featured for like I mean, yeah, one of the he's big not like things storylines. 
but yeah, he... one of the big things was the um, uh, what do you call it? I think it was Jericho Cassidy. Yeah, he was in the pre- the the question lines for that, but he's basically just been a questionnaire type. He person. he, he was he was on the stage for for that one. I think it was right. Yeah, because I don't he was th- I don't think that. He was on a podium on the stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, he was, yeah. Um, yeah. I was just trying to remember because I'm like, that one, I don't, I didn't have a a, a question line. That was him and. Um, yeah, but he he was the mediator for the. Um, the, the debate. Debate, yeah. yes. Yes, because uh, so that's when we, Orange Cassidy uh, gave us a really, uh, really passionate yeah. uh, note on climate change, which is yeah. still one of the best promos like ever uh i don't exactly care. Um, uh but my point there was more or less that he hasn't been involved in storylines per se he's more or less just been what somebody else could have done they just kind of got eric bischoff to do it yeah yeah but i mean the thing is i, I mean neat. he was yeah, he was even sure. featured like what two three weeks ago i know right he was a, a what he was, was he was it was the inner circle question well, uh yeah but the, was that two weeks ago or was that only a week ago so yeah, a no, week was ago was the ago. war council which was right after revolution so two weeks ago yeah because it was going into revolution yeah so it's it's just interesting that he's he's been able to appear for other promotions and vince is like haha maybe this is their response to christian uh, potentially um i don't know i I feel it's not like after... this stops Bishop from doing anything else for AEW before he goes into the fame. Exactly, but I don't know. I think there was there's something about when Big Show Paul White um, mentioned on the media scrum for for Revolution about Vince calling him yeah. and saying congrats and like you'll be an asset for them. I don't want to say that that there's not you know still some kind of a you know i i mean it's rivaling promotions it is they always will be but i don't think there's as big of a concern now oh 100 percent like because there's even been clips and, and mentions um like very very slyly almost on programming the last few weeks for WWE where somebody who is now with them where before, like, I mean, Jericho, Jericho was like, I do not mention. And yeah, it's just, it doesn't seem that way anymore. But I almost wonder if that's because they're like, well, we're getting called out about being too ignoring of them and they want us to be tongue in cheek with them. So let's try to be tongue in cheek with them. Well, I mean, the thing is, everything outside of WWE's walls doesn't exist when it comes to professional wrestling. And it, unless, unless it like they want to mention exist. it, like it, they're just referencing that. Oh, where did this person go? Like, yeah, like, like, unless they want to mention it, it never existed. Yeah, like the, I, the thing I is, is like, um, uh what were they called viking raiders i guess uh yeah viking I, raiders I, viking experience i always want to call them war raiders because that was their nxt can't thing. say war um or i mean war machine over in japan but the thing is is they will never reference 
New Japan or IWGP or anything unless it fits them, which they've referenced Eric and Ivar as former IWGP heavyweight tag team champs. But then yeah. but then the IWGP titles don't exist though. Like it's it's just a weird bubble where yeah, like they, they will pull things in and then push them out. It's Almost. what they want to exist. It's literally what Vince wants to exist inside of his tiny, tiny, tiny little head. Uh, well, that tiny head has millions of dollars, so. I'm saying tiny because, like, when you look at his body, it oh, doesn't matter. dude's fucking... I mean, how I am literally Vince meaning his head is compared to his body. How old is Vince McMahon? Vince is 75. He'll be 76 this year. And that motherfucker is still built like a brick shit house. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, and he's taking bumps uh, <clears throat> in, uh, to show Gronk that they're safe and stuff like that. Like, Yeah, fucking. Ugh. Anyways. Um, neat little thing. I don't know if you knew about it or not. Uh, this is more so for for a me and you conversation but for those that don't know um there is a biography series coming to a and e um okay. called wwe legends uh it features i think it's eight episodes um yes it steve austin randy savage roddy piper booker t sean michaels bret hart mick foley and the ultimate warrior um it is a collaboration uh between a and e and wwe studios um as well as there's another series uh coming out called wwe's most wanted treasures um okay. on a and e uh the i don't think there's been a whole lot announced for it um other than there was a trailer dropped and they're basically going around trying to find long lost pieces of history. Um, so Kane's original mask. Okay. Um, like some of these, I'm like, these aren't in the warehouse, but Kane's original mask, mankind's original shirt. Um, one of undertaker's hats, a Ric Flair robe, Greg Valentine robe, the WWE spinner belt. But there's probably multiple variants of it. Yeah, but, um... Now, but here's a fun fact for you. The Big Show will be featured on this series. Yeah, that's what, um... He had even mentioned that in a, uh, whatever, he had done some stuff for them. Uh, and even, uh, Matt Cardona has, uh, a spot in an upcoming thing for Miz. Interesting. Are yeah. you talking about like Miz and Mrs? No, for uh 24. Yeah, he was when when was he released? Was yeah, that during was, the purge? Yeah, it was during the purge, but he said he's recently recorded this. Interesting. That's neat. Mm -hmm. Um but it looks like a cool series. I didn't know if you knew. So, like I said, it was more no, of a, like, hey, uh, yeah, that starts next month. I think, like, the 18th or something is the first show. Oh, yeah. Um, duh, 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 duh. 
Um, oh, uh, this one you messaged me earlier today. The hmm. hosts of WrestleMania 37 have been announced, and I'm not going to stick on this. I do not want to get into it. Nope. Um, just saying it are, like, just saying it, people will probably be able to figure things out. Um, <laughs> the hosts are Titus O'Neil, you know, Tampa Bay native, you know, great, great. And, uh, Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's weird. I, I don't, uh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Um, yeah, beyond that, I don't think I have much more. Oh, I do have one other note, which I found out about, uh, late this evening and it, it kind of, it kind of pissed me off to see it. I wasn't sure if I wanted to bring it up, but I really, really do. Um, because I think it'll be an interesting note for us to talk about too. It sounds awful to say it. Um, there's been no official statement made or whatnot, uh, but Maki Ito, um, which if you've been watching All Elite Wrestling the last few weeks, if you had never heard of her before, you definitely know of her now. Uh, she had an absolutely fantastic main event on Monday's Dark Elevation, which if you have not seen, go and watch it. Her and and Riho, I watched that match and it was fucking great. Um... She, uh, I want to say this morning, um, I might be incorrect there, but this morning, um, deactivated her Twitter account. Oh, uh, apparently she had people coming out of the woodworks, coming after her saying shit, this and that. Um, and I, I just, I want to bring this up because I'm so sick and tired of it. Mm-hmm. I really am like. The thing is, is, is like, we have this podcast because we're here to sit. We're here to talk about wrestling. We bitch about it. We say good things about it. Everything in between. That's what social media is there for. And it's totally, you know, it's totally fair. You can speak your mind about pro wrestling. But it really pisses me off when people go after these, um, these wrestlers and whatnot on a personal level. Yeah. Like, it really, it really annoys me. Um, I mean, she's not the first one to deactivate a social media over something like this. Um, but just I most mean, recently. Yeah. Um, and it just, it pisses me off because, I mean, she had such a great showing on AEW. Uh, a bunch of people didn't know her. Like I said, the Joshi style isn't for everybody. There's a lot of people that, that aren't a fan of it or don't understand it. It's a totally different style of wrestling that it if really you is. grew up in North America, you know, we've never experienced that. But that's been, it's not like it's something that's come about in the last five years. Joshi no. professional wrestling has been a thing for a very long time in Japan. Yeah. Well, and if anything, the new style of North American wrestling is what's come along in the last five, six years. Exactly. But because we're exposed to it seven times a fucking week, 52 weeks a year, we're like, oh, this is just the style. It's evolving. And then when this style that, you know, North Americans haven't seen, even though it happens 
how many days a week, 52 weeks a year in Japan. You know, it doesn't happen over here, but it just, it pisses me off seeing this still happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we've, we've talked about it. I mean, this, this podcast, we literally say, you know, by fans for fans, we say good things and bad things about absolutely everything we can. Yeah. But it just, it annoys me the absolute toxicity in the wrestling community. Yeah, no, like, they, they think that the just because they have an opinion, there are, uh, it's the most important one, and that's just not the case. Like, in some cases, you just need to shut your mouth and not say a thing. I mean, the, the WWE-AEW Twitter rivalry on the fan side, like, I'm not talking on a, you know, uh, like, company side. I'm talking on the fan side. I mean, you post like, yo, AEW is awesome this week. Or like, I love AEW. You can have fucking four followers, but you're going to get 70 fucking replies telling you you're a fucking idiot or to kill yourself. Something like that. Yeah. Like I just, but the worst part is I'm not, I am not going to sit here and go. That's the only way it happens. Happens if you tweet, you know, this you know this wwe show was great you have these fucking legions coming after you like it's fucking it's horrendous yeah it's really just not 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 good i mean you'd think people would have learned last year after the tragic passing of hanakamura um which if you're not aware another absolute fantastic professional wrestler uh female professional professional wrestler from japan um i had heard her name a handful of times uh you know i had caught stuff with her in it never knowing really who she was um and you know it, it sucks that after the the tragic unfortunate passing of her i went and watched some of her stuff and it fucking killed me because i was like that's you know, uh, we sit here and say good things about the likes talking about Japan, the likes of, uh, you know, Maki Ito, Ryo Mizunami, Riho, Hikarushida, stuff like that. You know, that's another name that, if was given this stage, would have shined. Um, yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I just, it, just seeing it today, I don't know. I don't know why it set something off in me. It It just really pissed me off. I mean... You know, to go on kind of a personal level here for a minute, then we'll get into results. I mean, as somebody who's been bullied, you know, my whole life, you know, it just, it sucks. And it sucks seeing that. I mean, you fucking, when you're put into the spotlight, you expect shit. You expect shit to come your way. Me and you have talked about it. I mean, it's not like we have this, this, you know, fan base of, of even thousands of people. But no. you, you expect trolls, you expect shit like that along the way. Yeah, everybody but... has them. It, it's, you can't get away from it. But having somebody every single day constantly poking you and just being like, hey, you're shit, hey, you're shit, hey, you're shit, hey, you're shit, it gets to you. And then you increase that for, for somebody like, you know, Maki Ito, uh, Hana Kimura, stuff like that, where it's not just one or two people, but hundreds to thousands thousands yeah exactly 
like, like the thing is like i said we sit here and in the past i mean we've you know goldberg goldberg coming back we sit we bitch we bitch we bitch i think where we get away with that is because we're talking in a professional sense i'm not sitting here going bill goldberg the person right needs to you know i'm saying goldberg the the goldberg character you know needs to stay away from from pro wrestling or or for like a while or or retire like i would never sit here and and say something bad necessarily about bill goldberg exactly unless you know there was something that were to happen but I would just never outright say something about it, bad about him. That's like when when we make the joke about <laughs> Bruce Pritchard. He's very well known that he is the exec, one of the big execs behind the scenes. He does the writing. When I make that joke, it's the writer Bruce Pritchard. I would never go after the human. Exactly. But I just, I don't know. Uh, like I said, it just it sparked something in me seeing that pop up today because I've I mean I found out about Mahito probably less than six months ago. And then when I heard she was coming to AEW, I was like, I can't wait. And I, I've, I've just become a big fan of her. I don't know. There's something about, uh, even like her Twitter presence, you know? And so I think when that happened, there was just some kind of a fire lit under me this evening where I was like, fuck these people. Yeah. That's very fair. Just, but enough ranting and raving there. Um, I think that is all my news. Um, yeah. If if you got any more, go ahead. But yeah. No, I I beg to say that's everything. Um, right. Uh, I don't. Did we mention Doug Williams on our last podcast? Um, that name doesn't sound familiar. No. Um. Did you ever watch Doug Williams in TNA? Yeah, but I was meaning like to our podcast okay. being said. Um yeah, Doug Williams announced he was coming out of retirement. Oh he apparently okay. retired a few years ago, um or a year or something like that, and he's turned around and decided to come out of retirement. Um Well okay then. Oh, 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 oh. I do have one. I do have one more note here, and I find it interesting. I mentioned retirement, and I, yeah. I don't even have it up. Kylie Ray Ooh. is coming out of retirement after retiring Ooh. four months ago. Yeah, um, I, I felt like that was going to be a temporary thing, because she just needed to sort her herself out. I really... Uh, and this isn't directed towards Kylie. Um, uh, Batista made a comment about it uh, as well. I hate yeah. that word retirement in pro wrestling now. Yes. Because when Batista said it a few weeks ago, I chuckled. And then we talked about it on the podcast. And then I sat here afterwards and I think I saw the tweet again. And I sat and I was like, you know what? That word is a dirty word in pro wrestling. Because yeah, it, no, it is really, sure. like, I never realized how little it actually does mean. I mean, fucking Shawn Michaels. I don't care if it, it was a one-off. I don't care if he says it doesn't count because it was, you know, almost like a live event. 
He fucking came out of retirement, man. Well, he's even gone on to say he regrets it. Like, oh, has he? That's what I I like. Is this like recently? I read something about that. Okay, that must be regrets the coming out of retirement. That must Uh, be within like the past like week or two. Because he was saying for the longest time that he was fine with it, that it was you know like a glorified house show. It didn't count. It was not a big deal. Um, yeah. So, um, this was posted uh, yesterday. There's I bet a... you it has something to do with uh, Taker's series saying he wanted to go out on that match. Possibly. Sorry to cut you off. I just thought of that. Go yeah, ahead. What, so... what does it? What does it uh, say? So. Sp- this is a quote from WhatCulture.com. Speaking in an interview uh, with New York Post, HBK admitted his regret at breaking his eight-year retirement for the bout. I do, for it was fun. Uh, it was just a chance for to be with my buddies. All I can do is apologize to the guys. I think people will always be kind of confused with my peace and joy with the way I did things, and that somehow there should be something nagging at me. Something left unfinished. I think it's hard for people to not always see me as Shawn Michaels, and I see the entire picture, and I know the guy who started as a 200-pound guy that wasn't supposed to make it. So for me, I compare that to what I did get the opportunity to do, and it's hard not to be happy about that. So he gets, like, he regrets it, but at the same time, he doesn't. I mean, here's the worst part about something like that. That's to say, we've talked about wanting to become professional wrestlers you know that's a very big hope one day for us and the thing is if i were to ever get that opportunity like for somebody like me we've talked about it uh it's like talking about edge when you've been a fan of it literally your whole life if i got to if i got the chance to do it on a level like that there'd be a whole hell of a lot of stuff that would need to happen to stop me from doing it could i could i ever walk away from it. i mean we look at somebody like terry funk in his fucking 70s who's still putting on hardcore matches i mean sure it's not the quality it once was but that is a guy that this business similar to someone like i like i'm not going to speak for you but for me this business has 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 been my life now granted yeah. right now for me it's as a fan yeah exactly but I I couldn't imagine like that's to that's to be like um a lot of the guys who you know I get it it's not like this this crazy fun thing like it is a very professional thing but these guys who come in as wrestlers who slowly fall out of uh, like, who come in as fans my apologies these wrestlers who come in as fans and then slowly fall out from the fan side like yeah. I would die if that ever happened to me like, yeah, there should not exactly. be a moment where I, you know, shouldn't be able to look at one of my buddies and go, hey, let's hop in the ring and, you know, try to put on, like, a, a five-minute match just to warm up. Yeah. Like, if I ever fucking got a ring, that'd be, like, me and you, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, how many days this week can we get together to fucking body slam each other 40 times? That's just it. Like it, it, there's a lot of things we say we, uh, we should think happen, but then they don't, uh, because like, we wouldn't be able to do it. Like, 
Like, somebody like The Undertaker, I mean, people have been saying for so long, this guy just needs to step away, this guy just needs to step away. Um, And, like, I mean, he has now retired, but we just talked about how dirty of a word that is. But if you watch his Last Ride documentary, I've been a fan of The Undertaker my whole life. Since the very first time I saw him walk into an arena. Yeah. I was a fan of The Undertaker. I've watched so much of his stuff. And I never knew, so many people didn't know up until this Last Ride documentary. Yeah. That, you know, not all these guys come into this business as fans. And then to find out Taker was a fan and continued to be a fan. And, you know, learning that his predicament is the same. It was never about the money or anything like that about walking away from it. It was yeah. just the fact of this is the thing that I've loved my whole life. Yep. And I can't step away from it. Exactly. And I do get where they're coming from, but I feel like even somebody like that does need to look at themselves and be like, am I going to kill myself if I get in the ring again? Yeah, but I mean, sometimes, I mean... Yeah, I'm a crazy motherfucker. We've established that on this podcast. I mean, like like a lot of those guys, I mean, like Edge being medically disqualified. That really sucked for him. But I'm the guy who I'd almost do absolutely anything and everything to still continue. I mean, he got medically disqualified on such a high level that no one would ever hire him and let him wrestle without being cleared. Yeah, exactly. But, like, if I was in that position, I, I, and I'm sure he did too, but, like, I would try absolutely everything I could to make sure I could still wrestle. Like, I would never, like, I mean, fucking Terry Funk at 70, you really think he's not standing behind that curtain going, well, (laughs) yeah, you know, I could, I could literally croak in that ring tonight. That's just it, like, uh, and I'm not saying that will happen, but it's just something that they definitely need to consider. Yeah, I don't know. I th- I think um, I'd still be able to go out there and do oh, that. <laughs> I think so, I think so. <laughs> but like uh, I said, we've established, I am a crazy motherfucker, so. <laughs> yeah, um, something really just kind of interesting that literally just s- scrolled through on my Twitter feed here. Sure. Daniel Garcia is the new Limitless Wrestling Champion. I saw that about... 40 seconds before we started the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, big congratulations. So, he's not signed? I don't know, but he's a champion at Limitless Wrestling, so... Sure. You <laughs> That's know all I know. Congratulations. Good for him. Congrats. I cannot wait for the Canadian indie scene. That's basically up, the only reason I wanted to say that, because th- I've seen him this close to me like i was like watching impact this weekend and seeing sammy callahan and i i thought back to seeing sammy callahan live and as gross as it is he fucking spit on me fucking asshole like fucking asshole but like it was so cool seeing and and the best part it was him it was him against uh well now john morrison then johnny impact i mean But yeah, can't wait for Indies to be back in Canada, man. Any day now, if they want to. This this vaccine can roll out real quick here. 
for one reason and one reason only for me to get back to professional wrestling shows. <laughs> yeah, I think exactly. I think there's a lot of people thinking this way though. I, there's a lot of wrestlers that are probably just like. Do you know what I realized? Not to cut you off. There. No, go ahead. The next time we get fans, like full on fans, is gonna feel really weird. <laughs> I watched Omega and Hangman versus the Bucks from Revolution last year <laughs> this afternoon, and I sat there, and I didn't know whether I was excited for that again. Or if I was terrified of that again. And there was a bit of both. Because I'm like, full arenas, fans. Like, you don't realize how much they mean to the show. Oh, I know. I mean, we bitched about the fans being visible for the Hall of Fame on our last podcast. On That's last year's Hall of Fame. But it, there's something different about when it's it's wrestling. Well, yeah, the Hall of Fame, it's about that person. Wrestling, it's about two people putting on a show for all the fans in the arena. So I just, yeah, I, I was an idiot. I watched that today, and yesterday I watched Champa Gargano at TakeOver. Um, I think it was the first encounter. Okay. Um, It was the, I think it was like a... Uh, uh, it was an unsanctioned match, I right. think. Um, and I'm sitting there because, like, they like they brawled into the fans a bit, and it was like, "Fuck, man!" Like, oh, the stuff I would do. The worst part is we've talked about it. I think on the podcast and uh, when we've just talked. Once, once they're running full arenas again, you're for years not going to be able to get tickets. No, you and... have to be there on like the release second. Like this is like a, a double or nothing one scenario where it took less than four minutes. Like that is going to be a thing for 100%. for I shouldn't even say pro wrestling. Like there's a lot of events, hockey, comedy, racing, like anything. Like, it's going to be fucked for years, which pisses me off because for years wasn't able to go to these things a whole lot. I mean, kind of being poor, uh, <laughs> grown up, and now being an adult, having my own money. Still poor. Still poor, but having my own money that I can do this I wasn't shit. even meaning you, me, I was more talking about. Oh, no, me as well. I mean, I say have my own money, but I mean, I've still got to pay bills and shit. But, you know, when you have that opportunity now to buy tickets yourself once in a while, you aren't going to be able to because you're never going to be fucking quick enough. Exactly. Unless you stay up till midnight. Like, the thing is, that's like double or nothing next year or, or whenever we're able to run the first full arena. I would I would give anything to go to double or nothing at the MGM. I mean, I'm now legal in the States. Like, go to Vegas, like, make a weekend out of it. And I'm like, like a whole week, I'd say. Well, I don't know, man. I don't know that that's a lot of money already. And then telling me I get to spend a whole week in Vegas. I'm broke by night one. <laughs> like, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, but that's a you problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, it becomes a you problem if it's us going to double or nothing. <laughs> 
Right, but the thing is, is I'll just make my money at the slots. <laughs> How the fuck do you think I'm going broke? It's by playing the slots. <laughs> yeah, but I'm gonna hit, and you're not. Yeah, I'll just bet it all on blackjack. We'll be fine. Anyways, this is a yeah. wrestling podcast. Um, right. Impact. <laughs> yes. Let's let's get to that. Let's get to that. Uh, yeah, we'll probably run through the cards pretty quickly. That's uh, just because they're they're good cards. But I mean, a lot of these shows. Um, I'll say this about Dynamite. Just go watch it. Yeah. Exactly. There, there's. I don't think really much of a bad moment on the show. Do yourself no. a favor and watch it. Um, almost same with Impact. Impact was actually from start to finish the best show in weeks. I think it's the. I think this is only the second Impact that I've given this high of a score. There's one glaring match right in the middle of it all that I don't like. Okay, I'll we'll 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 go through the results and you can let me know. Oh, there was definitely like some eh moments to it, but it's the best rated card. Like, hundred oh, uh, percent, it's a, it's that a I've very given. Card. I think since like the third week of of the year. Yeah, I mean we're talking March now. Um, but yeah. Anyways, we'll start running through Impact here. Um, just a quick shout out to everybody who's listened to us so far. Um. I bring it up because I mean, we know we're, we're not big. We're trying to grow an audience and that. So thank you. If you listen to us, uh, we just noticed, uh, the audio podcast, um, as of the last episode, uh, ran us over a hundred total listeners thus far. We have over, I think 400 watchers on Twitch or something like that. Three, 300, 400 watchers, um, over, I think two, 300 views on our YouTube like just just awesome thank you everybody for uh supporting us thus far we enjoy doing this and um we hope you enjoy listening and uh yeah we'll keep going with this as long as possible the schedule will be adjusted over the next few weeks going into post mania but uh this is something i want to continue i enjoy this so 100 percent but yes, uh, Impact. Now, we had Before the Impact. Did you watch it this week? I did not. God damn it, Blake. Um. Okay, we had Black Tarus with Decay at ringside against Luster the Legend of Reno Scum with Adam Thornstow? I think so, yeah. I think that's uh, that's what I have written. Uh, Adam Thornstow, yeah. uh, the other half of Reno Scum at ringside, and obviously Black Tarus won. Because Black Tarus is on loan from AAA, and I don't know if I'm going to watch him take a pinfall. Probably not. So, um, that's all I have for, I don't think there was any post-match shit. Probably not, no, actually. Uh, So, main card. Yeah, opens right away with the brand new Impact Tag Team Champions, Finjuice versus XXL. Yep. They they've been making a very good point of of mentioning, uh, which it it went into tonight actually, that it is New Japan's Finjuice. Like they are they are very well specifying mm-hmm. that they are basically on loan from fucking New Japan. Yep, hundred percent. Which uh, I noticed a lot on commentary going into this match. I'm like they're being very specific, and then 
obviously afterwards is revealed. But yeah, so so that match, Finjuice and Triple XL. Uh really good match, just solid. Um we get Finjuice picking up the victory, obviously, because they're the new champions, they're gonna pick up the win. Yeah. Uh we get Good Brothers coming out and saying that the match basically last uh, at uh, no surrender shouldn't have happened because they weren't prepared. Sacrifice. It... Thanks. Yeah, that one. <laughs> Just wanted to correct real quick. That's fine. There. Yeah. Anyway, the, the the match shouldn't have happened. They weren't ready. Yeah. Little hungover shit like that. Yeah. Um... Uh, they want the rematch, uh, and then Finjuice accepts, but they said it'll have to be after they come back from their tour of Japan. Okay. Which kind of sucks. Yeah, but the thing is, any bets if if uh, Swan and Moose was filmed back, what what did, what was the reports like? Very early to mid February. Yeah, exactly. Like, I feel like all of the the Finju stuff has been that, and like they've uh, probably been in Japan for fucking oh, three yeah. weeks. More than likely, but it just sucks. Well, and I have a feeling they don't even have the Impact titles with them as AEW runs alive. And Gallus and Anderson have been running rampant with titles, and I don't know that... I don't know that Impact has replicas of them. Or duplicates, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, because, I mean, for a company like that, I mean, WWE produces replicas all the time, but... Yeah. Somewhere like Impact, I don't think, has produced replicas in 10 years. Yeah, and I don't even think AED, like somewhere like AEW has even backups of titles. Like, I think if the title goes missing, the title's missing, and they don't have it for the show. Like... <laughs> oh, God. Just memories. Quick, quick side tangent about that. That's, that's one of my favorite things about indie shows. I don't know if you were at the show, the Smash show. Yes, I was. Uh, it was uh, for anybody who's been around the Ontario Indies. If you haven't looked into these names, uh, it was Brent Banks, I believe. Uh, and it he was was that it was it him and Dukes. I want to say it was Tarek because him and Tarek were the tag team. No, Tarek was the world champ in Smash. At that point. Oh, then maybe it was. So Maybe so so him and Dukes, I don't know who they were facing, but anyways, they were the tag champs. They come out, and it's a tag title match. Oh, Halal Beefcake. Yes. It was totally a, a Banks-Dukes Halal Beefcake, which if you've never seen Halal Beefcake, please go and look them up. They Actually, are fantastic. I think they've wrestled in New Japan. No way. Well, I vaguely remember seeing the big dude's afro. There's no way. Uh, we will totally get back to actually talking in a second. Yeah, this exactly. Is, this is a very odd side tangent here. Um, they might not. Abraham, uh... Abe Jackson I is the one that I remember seeing. Glory Pro. No, it wasn't. Sorry, it wasn't uh, New Japan. It was uh, Impact. They've supposedly been on 
Impact. Yes. They uh, they wrestled I, I the Deaners in 2019. That's the match I was I was thinking about. Okay. Yeah, that was on uh, Impact. Yeah. Yeah, I was wrong in thinking it was... Um, okay, I got really excited there for a minute. I'm sad now. So Anyways. I, I mean, somebody from Smash that's been there is uh, Psycho Mike. Yep, yep. But anyways, so this specific match, the reason we went on the side tangent here... Yes, sorry. Um, It was for the tag titles, and the tag champs came out, and only one of them had a belt. They ended up winning the match, cutting a promo, and had revealed that the other guy had left his title at home because he was a regular for this company yeah and they were going between cities for like two or three shows in a row and so he packed his bag and he forgot his fucking tag title like how fucking hilarious that it's just talking about like what they have you know we've talked about the 24 7 title on raw being what looks to be almost confirmed a replica by you this week um had to have been but uh it's it it'd be interesting if something like that were to happen if they weren't to keep the belts there i mean kenny brings it to nashville leaves the world title in nashville by accident uh during impact tapings yeah i mean granted tony probably sends somebody to go get it like tony would probably hop on his fucking private jet yeah. Fly to Nashville, grab the belt himself, and head back to Jacksonville in time for Dynamite that night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, like, that's because he's got fat stacks and doesn't have to worry about that. <laughs> like, uh, you know when, when Jericho lost the world title, he immediately was like, okay, well, how long can we get until we get a new one? Granted, like, that belt, they had revealed, like, it was, it was what, almost six figures? Yeah. Like, that's but fucking he, insane. He probably picked up a phone. He's like, okay, realistically, how long? Like, <laughs> I bet you Tony was still pissed. He was, but. I mean, that's yeah. your world championship that just. But it all worked out in the end. <laughs> I still, I, I forget that, that, that happened. I totally forget about it all the time history of that title and then i see yeah i see something pop up reminding me about remember when jericho won the title and then lost it that night yeah and then it's like right somebody stole a major promotions world championship belt and then left it on the side of the road the police took photos with it and had to take them down. Yep. Like. <sighs> but what? we're talking about AEW, or not even AEW, uh, uh, Impact. We'll talk about AEW in a bit. <laughs> yeah. um, we get Good Brothers talking with Scott Demore. Oh, wait, actually, hang on. Holy we get shit. Sammy Callahan talking to Trey Miguel first. Yep. Talk- uh, sorry, talking about Trey Miguel. Guess yeah. talking to him, same sort of thing. It's it's a uh, it's like a video promo, one of his yeah. techie promos. Uh, Basically, just, just telling him, hey, you don't have passion. You don't have passion. There's same no shit passion. we've heard for weeks. Yep. And then we get Good Brothers talking to Scott Demore, 
uh, and basically just tells us, yeah, the match is going to happen at Rebellion. After after that happens, an interesting thing happens, and it felt it was really cool because it felt like a real moment to me for a minute. Yeah. Tommy Dreamer comes up to the door when the Good Brothers leave. Knox comes in, and he goes, so we have no tag champs. Yeah. And it, it felt like a real moment of him being like, dude, like, you know, as, as somebody who is a promoter, you know, somebody who helps a lot backstage, like, you realize we don't have tag champs now for the month building into our pay-per-view. And you realize at the end of that pay-per-view, you're not going to have a world champion, and you used to have two. Yeah. Um, it was just a really cool moment, and uh, it basically sets up as to why Tommy Dreamer is uh, booking Hardcore Justice. Uh, yeah. I think we had talked about it on Wednesday. I don't think either yeah. of us watched Impact Live. Um, I did not. I actually watched all of the shows today. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. Nice. Nice, Blake. Good job. Holy fuck, I did not know that. Put so six you... hours of wrestling today. And then two hours of SmackDown. No, six hours, because... Oh, yeah, sorry, you guessed two, four... Yeah, sorry, I was I was thinking I was including SmackDown, but yeah. Yeah, eight hours of wrestling today. How are you feeling? <laughs> I'm fine. Uh, ended on a low note. Yep, yep. Should have just watched Dynamite as we did the podcast. Should have. <laughs> Anyways, We've done it by that point. <laughs> yeah, they, um, Scott Demore is basically like, Tommy, you're the commissioner for Hardcore Justice, book it. Fuck off. Yeah, exactly. And Tommy already had a card made. Yeah. Like, and I wonder if, because he's concerned about the tag titles, if he's got some old tag titles that they're just going to reactivate. Something like that. It'll be neat to see. Um, just don't do the TNA ones, because that's just lazy. Like... What was the other one? GF, GFW? Global? Global, uh, Global Force Wrestling. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I didn't watch any of that shit. When all of the titles all of a sudden just had an owl on them? That was the anthem by. Yeah. yeah. Like... TNA's... Uh... Impact's been through some shit, man. It really have When they secretly sold for just... Yeah. And... When they secretly sell in a few months. I I honestly think it's already done. <laughs> well, I, when they officially. <laughs> I, I'm saying it now. Rebellion is the final show of Impact before AEW's finally just like, we own them, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it will be. To well, Tony Khan's the Grand Puppet Master. Like, wouldn't this play into it? It would. Like, you want to talk about 2021's the year for wrestling. That door is going to get, you know, Kenny made the comment, just a foot's in the door right now. By the end of the year, that door is fully kicked open. Pro wrestling is going to be the craziest thing in, what, nine months from now. Yeah. <laughs> Fan, yeah. Fans finally starting to get back in. Like, it's going to be great. Anyways, Impact. Yeah, uh, Rhino uh, with Final by Design versus Jake something with James Storm and Chris Saban. 
Um, yep. This match doesn't last long. It yeah, I was surprised. I'm sitting here like getting settled in, ready for a decent match. Gore pretty well. Like fuck, they did a little bit, and then it was just like we're done. Yeah, so we got basically Jake gets distracted by violent by design fighting with Storm and Saban, turns around, gets gored and pinned. Even though we have seen him almost die and not get pinned. Yep, yep. But you know. Um then they all end up brawling, they get in the ring, and Rhino gores Storm and Saban. Tanil names her team the followers. This is an absolutely fantastic <laughs> stage segment. Yeah, uh, yeah, Tanil, Caleb, Fire and Flava, and then can I just say Diana Perazzo's crew? <laughs> like, is that just the thing at this point? Kimberly and Susan. One interesting note: we had talked oh, about no. this <laughs> no. on the on the last show. The roster is thirteen women. <laughs> Three of them. No, hold on. 13 characters. Yes, that's what I was getting into. Uh, three of those are played by one person. <laughs> Susan, Su Young, and Susie are all listed as separate members of the roster. <coughs> I did not know they are all played by the same person at that, po- at that point in time. I do now. Wait, the roster is 11. You didn't know I that. did not. Yeah. There is 11 knockouts on this roster, and this is a setting up for a 12 knockouts tag match. Yes, but I mean, that's not including ODB, right? That is not including ODB, but I just wanted to point out the so, but irony. That, but the thing is, that's where the, you literally saw... All 11 women working for that company as athletes. Yes. In that ring. Yeah. You couldn't do that somewhere like... You couldn't do that somewhere like WWE. You couldn't even do that in AEW, which people argue have one of the worst women's rosters. Not saying they have bad women, they just have bad projection. Yeah, well, I'll wait until the fucking main event. Uh, anyways, um, yes. but yeah, no, I get what you mean, but I just, I can't believe that there's, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. so we saw all the women plus ODB. Yeah, okay, Uh. but up next we get Rohit Raju. Oh, hang on, that also is going to include the uh, women's announcer person who interviews people. She also appears, so I oh, guess you can G- count that as a G- 12. Gia Miller? Yeah, so you can, I guess, count her as a 12th, but I didn't because she's a non-active competitor. Well, that th- when I had t- said something about it, I said the, the ones working as talent. Yeah, I guess she's an exactly. interviewer, but... Yeah, so if you want to be technical, there are 12, and she did appear as well on the show. So. Which I think she's a wrestler, actually. Probably. I wouldn't um, be surprised. Yeah. Uh, well, that's like Dasha on AEW. Exactly. She's she's a wrestler. Most people don't know yeah. that. Um yeah. but uh anyways but uh, uh, yeah. Bro Heat Raju versus Shira. Yeah. Um Yeah. This is gonna go well. So he is going by just Shira. Sh- Shira, yeah, he's just Shira now. They just kinda messed up last week. 
Um, but I think again... at one point, um, Matt Stryker, right? Yeah. Uh, he he mentions him by Mahabali Shira on commentary at one point. Maybe. And I just I don't know. It seems like their continuity here, like, it isn't working. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know. So far, this is kind of one of the longer matches on the card as the way things go, but it's yep. even still not that long. Um, Shira loses. Yeah. Yeah. Um, granted, it is. It's with a roll up and leverage From and whatever, ropes. but it's just. It feels like they're killing this monster before they're even getting it off the ground. I feel that too, but... I could be wrong, and I hope I am. But that's just what it felt like. Um, the thing is, is they've got to keep Rohi a heel enough as well. Because like, this is the feud. This is the feud we're obviously aiming for. Yeah. So the trying to get Shira over as the face after I guess being so. the heel with Rohit for a while. I guess so, but the thing is, I I think there's a million ways different to go about it. Yeah. I mean, anyway, I don't know. I don't know. It, um we'll see where it goes. Just for now it just felt odd. Yeah, we get uh Rich Swan and Willie Mac talking backstage, you know party shit like that and swan's like i'll be back uh yeah. mixed way to the ring uh the premise of his promo basically is about winning the belts you know uh being the double world champ. Drop the titles because they're so difficult for him to carry yep um and and begins talking about kenny omega and rebellion He's gonna win the AEW World's Championship. Sure he will, kid. Yep. Uh, and then we have Don Callis come to the ring. Excuse me. First yep. off, I don't know if he's ever had an entrance music before. I don't. <laughs> I do not watch. I I didn't watch Impact prior to the start of this year. I did not watch it actively enough. I knew who Don Callis was. I didn't actually know he was an executive for Impact until i i knew that much i did know that much oh probably oh probably august of last year was when i found out that he was working with impact and then that's why when he appeared on AEW, it clued in prior to beginning impact again um but his fucking entrance music like yes yes love it um, but Callus gets in the ring, shakes Rich Swan's hand, uh, hugs him, and if you watch the lips, if you read the lips, uh, I think commentators say it too. Callus says that he's so proud of Rich Swan. Yeah. Grabs the mic, and the promo this man cuts, um, I gotta say, is probably one of the best promos of the year thus far. Yep. Um. Callus talks about how proud he is of Rich and whatnot and how he saw something in Rich. He made sure Rich's um, check was coming in when he was injured, all this. Like, like he thought Rich Swan was a uh, once-in-a-decade performer. 
mm-hmm. uh, and stuff like that. And then he starts talking about when he won the titles and, and how everybody was saying they were proud of him and that. But they all were trying to make him forget about the one-winged angel and losing to Kenny Omega. And, you know, they... You know, they kept trying to almost protect Rich from that. Mm-hmm. Then he just starts praising Kenny Omega. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a wrestling god. He's a once-in-a-millennium performer. Uh, and it's basically just to the point of... Doesn't matter what Rich wants to do at Rebellion, Kenny Omega is walking out with his hand raised yeah and this promo is just so fucking good yeah yeah it really works it tells you exactly what kylas is thinking exactly what everybody needs to know about this character and what it's doing moving forward like i don't i don't know if it was just because of how don callus delivered it because it seems like like a an evident promo almost exactly what you would expect Don to say but oh it just worked it made me care about Swan and and Omega more than it just being oh cool like it's a world title match it gave me something to give a shit about and it was it was fucking good and for only Don to cut it nothing from Rich no intervening and then Callus leaving and Swan just watching him yeah. Like, it just... Uh, it felt so good. And, uh, spoiler alert, uh, from, uh, something on Twitter earlier. Kenny, it looks like he will be in the Impact Zone this Tuesday. Oh, yeah. Um, um because they announced a match. Oh, yeah. I think. Uh, I don't even... <laughs> you were going into something there. I was talking about for you, your match, you think. I was trying to help you out there. Oh, um, yeah, just uh, but anyway, will impact. You, well, you're quickly doing that. Um, WWE just announced Rhea Ripley will be debuting this week. Really? Yes, on their Twitter. Yeah, so it looks like Kenny is in the impact zone. Um, And we are getting... Eddie Edwards versus oh, okay. the Good Brothers. It looks like it's a two-on-one. Okay, interesting. Uh, because there's actual footage of a backstage encounter and then Edwards diving onto the Good Brothers, which, I mean, I can't say I've seen any of that recently. Yeah, I, I can't say so either. And Kenny hadn't been in the impact zone besides the match, right? Um... He never came to the ring in a suit. Because there is footage of him walking to the ring in a suit with the world title. So I Um, I take it it is footage from this upcoming Tuesday. He never walked into the impact zone, but he was backstage. No, he is walking into the ring with the title belt. Yeah, okay. So, anyways... um. AW paid ad basically just runs down the card. The the amazing AW card, my dad. Mm-hmm. Um Matt Cardona and Eddie Edwards backstage talking. Um 
Brian Myers mm. comes in. Eddie Edwards leaves. Myers yeah, says, Myers. Yeah. "I hate it here. You're not supposed to be here." Yeah, like pretty th- much. this is my place. Go away. That's pretty much what he said. Like, okay, sure. The, yeah, it's not how that works, but good luck. Um, ready to move on to this freaking match. Remember when I said there's one match in the middle of the card that I have issue with? Okay, well let's let's run the participants and then you can give your issue. Uh, so this is the twelve knockouts uh, tag match. We have Tennille Dashwood with Kayla with a K at ringside, uh, Fire and Flava, uh, Kara Hogan and Tasha Steeles, Deanna Perazzo, Kimberly and Susan against Jordan Grace, Jazz, ODB, Havoc, Nevea, and Alicia. Okay, so there is a double spot fest in this match, and I was pissed. Anyways, a double spot. They did it like five times. I only counted twice for the full. Everybody Maybe for everybody, but anyway. Well, yeah, my... I mean, a, a match like that, everybody gets something in every thirty seconds. But I mean, the complete like one, 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 like all twelve participants. Yeah, exactly. There was two of those. Continue, yeah. though. My question is, why does this match exist? When we could have just had Alicia versus Tennille? When we could have just had Alicia versus Tennille, which was the match that we were proposed, or we could have just had this in three separate matches, run Fire and Flava versus Havoc and Nevea again, run ODB versus... Say run that one as a three one ODB Jazz and Jordan Grace versus Susan Kimberly and Deanna Barrazzo, and then have your singles match. Like, why did we need this to be a twelve knockouts tag match? Because they wanted to get every woman working for them on the card. They are still using Taya Valkyrie in their promo footage. Yeah. I noticed that that'll stop as soon as she makes her debut on uh, NXT. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, um, but yeah, this match was not bad. I mean, for all 12 people being in there, it kind of sucked because you didn't really think anybody did anything in the match. It was somewhat decent. Yeah, no, I'm at not the, saying at was... the end of it. But well, what I'm saying is as as pain and whatever goes in a match these girls didn't seem like they took a whole lot to lose all of a sudden yeah yeah no that's fair um uh the winners are havoc nevea odb alicia jazz and jordan grace jazz, winning with jazz makes the, kimber tap with the stf was it kimber i thought it was susan but yeah yeah kimber um we have the new X Division champion Ace Austin backstage being interviewed with Madman Fulton. The youngest two time X Division champion. Sure. Uh, we have Chris Bay interrupt, be like, yo, want a match? Josh Alexander comes out and he's like, yo, want a match? TJP <laughs> comes out and he's like, yo, want a match? Ace Austin's like, TJP, get to the back of the line. And then TJP's like, nah, rematch. Well- like, TJP's like, okay, steps to the back of the line, and then he goes, but I talked to Scott, so I guess this means I'm up here, actually. Oh, I I didn't like this promo no. one bit. 
And we basically really are told bad. we get TJP and Ace next week. What, is it for the title? More than likely. Yeah, okay. Um, and then we get Sammy Callahan and Trey Miguel going one-on-one. Um, Main event snuck up on me, I'll admit. So I actually, during this promo, was like, how much longer is left of the show? And I'm like, hold it. Hold up. This is the main event. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I was sitting there. I was like, how much is left? Because I watch it after the fact, right? So, yep. As I said, I watched it today. Um, it's an I, hour and look- 26 minutes. Yeah. And, and I, I looked and I was sitting there and it's like, there's 20 minutes left in this show. This is the main event. Yeah, like, there's no way they're doing two matches in this time. And, yeah. like, there's no match that's going to go over Sammy Trey right now. Exactly. Like, so, um, they did a great job, in my opinion, uh, for what they, really they were did. given. Um, and it feeds into it more because Trey's going for a top rope maneuver, probably to finish the match. The ref's in the way for some reason. Yeah, you know, he's checking, like checking checking Sammy. Yeah. And Sammy ends up getting up and hitting Trey and just fantastic package pile driver. I love yeah. seeing a pack uh, a really good package pile, dri- pile driver. Um and he pins Trey for the win. Yeah. And that's that. Like Um yeah. So we'll run through here uh with our ratings and matches of, since we don't have the banners for the mega episodes. Um, what is your rating for impact wrestling out of a five? I gave it a three. Gave it a three. It was a solid bat, like solid card all the way through. Um, I just didn't, wasn't wowed really. I gave it a 3.5. That's fair. So, um, same probably same sort of thing right like you weren't overly excited about it but it wasn't horrible exactly yep yeah uh Match of the night's definitely sammy and trey right 100 percent, 100 percent. and we don't have twitter polls for this one because like i said i fucked up good work caleb <laughs> you can't schedule twitter polls i'm sorry <laughs> i don't blame you at all I'm and, just making and when you don't watch it live you don't think about posting something for 10 o'clock <laughs> exactly um, but anyways, a uh, segment of the night. Don Callis and Rich Swan. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yep. Uh, performer of the night. If I had to guess, they're going to be the same, and I'm going to say it's Sammy and Trey. You might throw in Don Callis, but I only have Sammy and Trey. I did Trey, Sammy, Callis, and Swan because the thing is, Swan's reactions. Just watching his face, yeah, and then at the right. end, him following Dawn. It was such an intense moment. I'm like, if Swan wasn't there, the promo wouldn't have been the same. That's very fair. That's so very fair. I gave Dawn four because, I mean, that's the two from the match and the two from, from the promo of the night. Like, it's... Yeah, exactly. I um, just gave it to the match because they were just... Yeah. It was insane. It was good. It was good. I didn't expect yeah. it. I expected it to be... I mean, like, there was a phony finish to it, but we're going to build these guys up to a big match, probably at the pay-per-view. And this this allows for, for they had the match, there was a finish to it, but it, it, it leaves the room. Um, I, th- I think the match was fantastic, though. Yeah. Uh, with, with the little bit of buildup we've gotten, basically. Um, Absolutely. Worst of the night. Okay, well, it wasn't a horrible match. 
using your entire roster of women in one match. What? Because you had to? I, I don't know. I Like I said, I, I almost want to be like it's because they know they've got new people coming in watching with it leading up to Kenny. Uh, similar to how we started. Um, and this way you introduce the whole division and then building up to the pay-per-view, you can build two to three separate women's storylines with everybody knowing every woman on the roster. I guess, but the thing is, is like, I don't like this idea. I don't like this. This isn't something I'm sitting here. Like it's a good idea, but wait a minute. Didn't Impact just have a women's tag team tournament? Where the fuck did all those women go? Was it only, like, two brackets? It was one side. Uh, and it went... There was um, the two matches, and then the semifinal, then the, the final, and then the title match. Uh... So we- Neil Dashwood and Alicia. So they're on opposite sides now. Havoc and Nevaeh. <laughs> Killer Kelly and Renee Michelle. So Renee Michelle is Drake Maverick's wife. And Killer Kelly. Uh, they are both now working AEW Dark. Uh, Kara Hogan, Tasha Steeles. Team C stars Ashley Vox and... Delmi X, I, I've got no clue who that is. Prazo, Kimberly, and then Taya Valkyrie and Rosemary. So, that was also the entirety of the roster. Yeah, at that time, yeah. They shouldn't. Okay, I hate to say this. They shouldn't have introduced the women's tag titles then. They don't have a big enough roster to do it. No, because everybody's going to be entered. We've we've complained about this um, before for the WWE and the women's tag titles um, being yep. intertwined with the world titles. And they've got a big enough division that they don't have to do that. Exactly. They and now it's happening. Yeah. But now it's happening here, which I think makes it even worse because there is no room for them to go. Unless they are, like, they are waiting to announce they have signed some women's wrestling promotion into Impact. There's nothing that they can do. If we didn't have COVID and restrictions and that, like, wouldn't be surprised if they signed a deal with New Japan for Joshi Pro or some shit. But that's not right. a thing right now. That's not an option right now. Like, they would have to be somebody in America, and I don't think there are all women promotions in America right now. Shimmer. Is Shimmer in America? Yes. I, I thought it was a UK division. No, I think Shimmer is in the States. Okay. Um, so and if it, And if Shimmer's not... Uh, I believe there's another big one, but I can't okay. tell you the name. So, yeah, if if it exists, fine. But you guys have really got to make me care about these Knockouts tag titles and the Knockouts title itself. Yep. Like, 
So rebellion. We're getting Jordan Grace and versus and Jazz versus uh, Tasha and Fire and Flavor. Fucking whatever. Has to be right. I guess. Unless we get Rosemary bringing in a new woman, Black Tarus esque. Well, they could. I love, okay. how, I love how you compared it immediately to Black Tarus and didn't just be like another female into decay. Well, because I was meaning it would have to be along the same sort of gimmick because she said they have multiple creatures that they can reach or whatever. Um, so uh, unless unless rebellion is legitimately, um, as I talked, I mean I jokingly made it, but it, it's. They've not announced anything after. If it is their last show, like I said, they uh, AEW trademarked some kind of thing about title versus title, um, all the way like for a bunch of things, maybe. So like a whole show title versus so title. like it's announced like we've got enough weeks. I I not gonna lie. I think we've got enough weeks to start building the storylines of Tony Khan wants to buy Impact Wrestling and this becomes the AEW versus Impact I I know it's four four weeks or something, but AEW versus Impact, all the belts are on the line on both sides, and whichever show leaves with more champions yeah, and AEW clean sweeps. And and like, AEW clean sweeps it, and then they, they, you know, so Khan buys Impact, but then keeps Impact on Tuesdays, moves Darks to Thursdays. Yeah. Like... Monday, Tuesday, un- Wednesday, Thursday. He would run... Tony Khan would run the week of professional wrestling. I don't care. Yeah. In, in two years of this company being a thing, Tony Khan would be probably... Like, like he's not as big as Vince. I understand that, but like, this is no longer Vince McMahon and then Tony Khan down here. If you're watching the video podcast, that would put Tony Khan right under Vince McMahon for for professional wrestling in two years. Well, everybody thought Vince would be the guy to buy TNA slash Impact when it became a thing. That would be a huge middle finger to Vince too. But think about the draw you can make in four weeks, Tony Khan turning around on Tuesday. Yeah. Showing up at impact and being like, I'm done playing these games. I'm done loaning you money, you know, to keep your show running. Like I, I, I want this have, I mean, would it be Scott Demore? I guess so. Yeah. It would have to be, he's the figurehead owner. So Scott Demore come out they go and talk to Anthem execs because, you know, we, or, or access TV or whoever their owner is. Um, they go and talk with the, the executives and, and this is the outcome. Yeah. That that's what they're going to build towards. Don Callis isn't going to have an issue. Nope. Cause the thing is, is if AEW wins, he sticks with Kenny and if impact wins, it means something good for Kenny because he's an executive there. Yeah, exactly. You know, so it gets that executive out of the way. And I think it builds for something really fucking sweet. It gives AEW a bit of a breather before Double or Nothing. And this could build big into Double or Nothing. 
Yeah, it would and allow a lot of matches that we wouldn't normally be able to see. One that I can think of that I really want to see, Lance Archer versus Moose. Oh my god, please. <laughs> yes. And then the thing is, the AAA partnership is there. The New Japan partnership is there. Joshi Pro partnership is there. Yeah. That literally... And NWA. And NWA. And it would give AEW women's tag titles. And the thing is, I think with them having all the independents on as well, there's probably five or six that have been on dark consistently now for months that they could sign. Yeah. And build a fantastic women's division. And the best part is, is I don't mean to say this to sound awful, but we could transition some of these titles around and almost give the Tuesday impact slot. Sounds terrible, but you know, where Kenny's going to be the star of dynamite, he's the world champion. You can almost put Darby there. Because it's yeah. going to be the TNT X division. You know, that's what that match would be. And then maybe move the women's tag titles there. And that could be the center focus is there. And we can shift the tag titles around elevation, dark, impact, dynamite. It would just. Yeah. It would make AEW a force to be reckoned with. Basically, to say yeah. the least, it would be the smartest purchase in pro wrestling since Vince McMahon bought WCW. Yeah. It would be probably as influential as Vince McMahon buying WCW. It would cause WWE to react really, really big in some way. You want to see the best pro wrestling to come out of WWE? That would do it. It would. It really would. Because they would get scared and they would all, they would reshuffle the entire card, rebook they would fire the entire writing squad and just be like, you guys have clearly not been doing well enough. Goodbye. Like, should do it sooner. But when, it doesn't it matter. It would be the biggest move in professional wrestling in over 20 years. Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. Would I watch four days of All Elite Wrestling? Yes. I'm sad that I missed Elevation and I'm sad that I don't watch Dark. I love AEW so much lately. I really do. Like, I was sitting here watching these four shows, and I was like, oh my god, AEW was so good. What is the difference? Why do I, why can I not enjoy SmackDown? Or, honestly, why do I constantly sit in NXT and just be like, I wish I kind of was watching Dynamite, although NXT is still so good. I was... I was actually going to interrupt you and ask that because as much as I'm liking NXT, I got to admit, if if I watch NXT live at 8, I can't wait to be done NXT to watch Dynamite. If I watch Dynamite live at 8 on Wednesdays, or if I'm watching them another night if I missed them, why is it I watch Dynamite first and then I have no interest in watching NXT, even though NXT is the most solid WWE program? Of the three in the week. Yeah, it's because, like, we just have acknowledged the fact that, you know what, I don't even have an explanation for it. It's just, it is. Can I be honest? If it wasn't for this podcast and the amount of money I've invested in the WWE product, mm -hmm. I would honestly, like, I mean, that money is a big thing over the years. 
but I would probably drop WWE out of my routine minus WrestleMania and maybe the Rumble. Yeah. I'd keep up with the, the what's going on on the dirt sheets, and that's about it. Dirt sheets, clips on YouTube or Twitter when you're scrolling through, and you're like, oh, neat. And I probably wouldn't watch anything else. I would watch probably Elevation Monday. I'd watch both probably Impact and Dark on Tuesdays, and then I'd watch Dynamite Wednesdays. Yeah. You know, if they were to ever shift it around to do Impact on Tuesdays, if they buy them, and then dark on thursdays or something i'd watch four days and then i'd sit and probably watch the pay-per-views on my days off and that would be my wrestling consumption because i'd enjoy it so much exactly hell i might even swap i might even swap over to watching you know some new japan and that again like actually having time for new japan and get into new japan again well especially with their eventual u.s show yeah so tony khan do it just do it um you remember actually hang on not to get political but do you remember when all of the talk show hosts and whatever said do it to trump when he announced his presidency do it (laughs) (laughs) well (laughs) you know what sure because i can't be the only one that remembers that happening and and then look what happened but like do it yep yeah, do it well, like if, if no that, look that, at me do it if that is the shove that tony khan needs do it <laughs> anyways um my worst of the night for impact oh yeah we 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 were only on my worst of the night there um basically it's not the women's match specifically um because like i said it showcased them all i tried to look on yeah. the positive of why they were doing it potentially um but it was the fact that the majority of anything that happened in the match was the two spot fests of just the f- going through all 12 women and each one hitting a finish or something. They did it twice in one match. It just, it was not fun to watch. Because the heels got the better of the first one and the faces got the better of the second one. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Um, but yeah, that was Impact. Uh, moving on. I almost want to cover NXT, SmackDown, and then Dynamite. I, kind of. But maybe if we just run through Dynamite now, we, we quickly finish off SmackDown and NXT, and then be done. I don't know. It's up to you. I don't care. Fuck yeah. Let, let, let's get our, our thoughts out on Dynamite right now, and then we'll run through the other ones, give our predictions, and not be a four-hour show. Uh, on a I mean, night. I'm fine with it if you would like to, but... No, no, we'll go here. Um, So, <laughs> can I say, bravo, AW, on just the opening to this. It immediately, if I didn't after last week, I immediately gave a shit about MJF's group. Because I looked at them, and the only thing I could put them side by side with, you know, obviously numbers difference, I understand, but the Four Horsemen. I looked, and I'm like, this gives me evolution for horsemen vibes. Yeah. And I love it. Absolutely. And then we roll right into Kenta El Zero Miedo versus Cody Rhodes. And these guys, (sighs) 
I'm sitting there going, Jesus Christ, guys, you're opening dynamite. Slow down. <laughs> like you're trying yeah. to you're trying to shoot for match of the night and you're the fucking opener. Oh, and if there was if this match wasn't or this card wasn't so stacked, they might have gotten it. Yeah, it was nuts. Um They did great, and Cody ended up winning exactly how I expected him to. Uh, with a roll-up. Uh, I didn't figure Penta was going over after the comments, but I think it helps us build somewhere. And I also think it does write Cody off the way they did it. Like, he got the win, but I think he's also not going to be on TV the next little while. That's fair. Um, uh, cause, cause, uh, Penta did snap, uh, with his, what do you call it? Submission. The... He, he snapped Cody's arm, as they call it. And yep. so supposedly, if you continued on watching Lucha Underground, that means his arm is broken. Yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, they brawled after the match, though. Um, Arn comes out. Dustin comes out. Gun Club jumps the barricade, all trying to save Cody. Penta runs out. And I love the pose. Penta grabs somebody because it's a St. Patrick's Day slam. He grabs somebody's, would you call it a leprechaun hat? Is that the proper term? Yeah, I would think so. puts it on and just kind of stands on the side. And I'm just like. It was Nyla's because Nyla was standing next to him. Just going, Yeah. uh, And then fucking QT. Penta's getting ready to go down the tunnel. And here comes fucking QT just walks by him. He stands on the stage and everybody's just like, fuck you, QT. Yeah, and then, then it ends. We get the Bucks talking backstage, um, basically saying, "Yeah, Phoenix, you beat us in singles competition, but like last I checked, these say tag team on them." Very yep. valid. <laughs> and then, if Callus's promo from Impact wasn't enough for you, Don Callus interrupts him. He, uh, he does a fun little uh rib for the leg slaps again. He has his T-shirt that's on Pro Wrestling Tees. Which, it's been up since, like, Sunday, for anybody wondering. It was well before even BTE made fun of it. Yeah, but, like, oh, it's so funny. Um, And then, he admits that the, that the Young Bucks did not kick him. But he wishes they would've. Because that would've been the Young Bucks from Japan. That, that would've been the guys that he wanted. You know, the yeah. guys that could've been around Kenny Omega. But they're not those Young Bucks anymore. And basically tells him to look in a mirror and, and tell him if, if they see the Young Bucks from New Japan. And yeah. I'm, I'm like, son of a bitch. Don Callis is just killing it. Yeah. And that's just how, yeah. Like, he, he wasn't wrong at all. But at the same time, I don't think what the Bucks are doing is bad. It's just it's definitely not what they were doing in New Japan. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, man, it it's long-term storytelling, though. It is. It really is. And they're is. making people who haven't watched this for long. This is the smartest thing. People who have just found out about the Young Bucks from Dynamite or AEW or something like that. These people are now going back and watching this New Japan stuff and being like, holy fuck, these guys are great. Like, there are new wrestling fans coming in all the time to pro wrestling where we've been watching and we've watched it unfold. And we can look back and be like, that's cool. These people are finding it out for the first time, like when we first started and you watched everything you could. Yeah. I knew more of the guys from five years before 
the present day of watching it before I knew most of the guys on the roster when I started. Because yeah, I immediately exactly. went back and watched as much as I could that was available to me from, like, fucking Blockbuster. That That's my day. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyways. We get Jade Cargill versus Danny Jordan. I love Danny Jordan. Fucking fantastic on Dark. Uh, Cargill boots Danny in the face, hits a release German. Which drops Jaded. her on her fucking head, by the way. Yeah. Uh, um, they made a point of saying the match, the tag match she had uh, with Shaq was her first ever match. Yeah. Anyway, well, she hits jaded for match. the win. Yeah, like, I'm not mad about that. I'm just like, wow, that's a big first match. Yeah. Um, I did not like how she, I get it, it's the character, but I was getting really tired of, here's the move, and now I'm gonna... I'm going to pose and I'm just going to stand here and slowly stare. And then I'm going to hit the next move. And then I'm gonna... It was like, okay, this yeah. could have been like a 30 second, like move, move, finish. Look at me. Yep. And it was like, I also, uh, I'm not a fan of her gear. Her gear is, I don't know what it is about it. It's it's like mirrors, isn't it? Like Yeah. It's, it's not intriguing to me. I look and I'm like, uh, I don't understand what I'm looking at, but okay. Anyway, she picks up the win, um, and then gets in the face of Red Velvet. Then we move on. Yeah, they, they kind of get half-ass broken up. Velvet kind of swings at Jade. Jade dodges it, and they, they break them up. Yeah. Um, MJF, Tully Blanchard, FTR, Sean Spears, and Wardlow come down to the ring. Fuck. Don't worry. That mouthful of names I just said gets a little easier here. Tully taught everybody how to cut a promo. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, this... So Tully's. Sorry, I'll let you go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, did you? You can you can talk about some of it, but we mentioned dynamite. This promo from from start of them walking out onto the stage to the segment being done is worth a watch. Straight up, it really is. It um, really is. Anyways, you can go through it though. So. Tully goes on, he talks about what they did last week, he he talks about where everybody was in the inner circle when they basically murdered them. Uh, Pretty well. Yeah, uh, and then he goes, and you look at these men, and we are the pinnacle of this sport. Uh, and, and he says he started with the best group of guys in his career, and he's going to end with the best group of guys in this career. Uh, and then what MJF a fucking comes rub. Oh, oh my yeah. god. Yes. You know what that uh, does for those fucking guys? It puts them on that same level of uh the the four horsemen like unfucking believable. Uh, and then MJF continuing on with this great storytelling calls himself Judas. Uh says it was really hard pretending to be Jericho's friend. Um <laughs> says Splitting him and Sammy was harder than splitting his left and right peck. A bit rude, but, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, says this was all the plan from the beginnings of him joining the inner circle. Basically, what we had been discussing was exactly what his thought was. And then he turns, uh, it runs down this whole team, and he goes, Tully, you're correct. We are the pinnacle of this sport. Uh, and 
Then he runs down the whole team and calls FTR the only Grand Slam tag team champions in wrestling history, which is really freaking cool. That's insane. Yeah. Uh, and then he also goes on to say when Chris Jericho, or when he retires, Chris Jericho is not going to be the GOAT, but he will. And honestly, that is a very real possibility. The thing is, Max made a very good point. He's got at least another 25 years. We will be watching him mm-hmm. into our 40s, Blake. Yep. That is This is the... just the beginning. That hey, hey, is hey. crazy to fucking think about. No, we're going to be wrestling him into our 40s. That would be fantastic. Yeah, I'm calling it. I still I still want a match with Kenny or Cody. That is a goal of mine in my life to get to a point before one or both retire. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, most of the guys I'd like to fight are probably going to be retired by the time I could ever. If I could get a match with Cena, oh my god. <laughs> anyway, MJF continues to say he wants the Inner Circle's locker room, and he says, I'm better than you, and you know it. Which he claims he hasn't said in a while, since, yeah, no, since he lost to or since he beat Jericho. My apologies. Yeah, I would, I would say that's correct. He hasn't said it since he's been in the inner circle. That's a long fucking time, man. Yeah, like that's. I the mean, thing. his they his built this a long this they they built this longer than I thought they had. Yeah. His his entrance music says it at the start, and so we would always hear it when he was coming out by himself. Yeah, but he wouldn't say it in promos. Yeah, exactly. Um, We get, up next, Matt Hardy, Private Party, and the Butcher and the Blade with the Bunny at ringside against Jurassic Express and Bear Country. Um, Can I just say kudos to um, the Butcher? Uh, on literally saving Marco Stunt's life. If you didn't notice, at one point during the match, Bear Country grabbed Marco and launched him to the outside on top of, you Everyone. know, everybody. But Marco kind of decided to go head first towards the ground, and the Butcher literally... You say decided. I don't know there was a lot of option in what he was doing. <laughs> he he decided he wanted to go that way. Um, I think he was thrown and gravity just kind of did its thing. <laughs> what, Marco's top heavy? <laughs> yeah, sure, why not? Look at the hair. I guess. Uh, as somebody with big hair, I can tell you. Uh, Same. But, uh... Kudos to Butcher for saving his fucking life, though. He fucking, he, like, single-handedly caught Marco and then, like, sold it. And I was like, you know what? I don't care. Yeah. Um, the win happens when, obviously, Private Party takes out Marco stunt and Matt Hardy's like, hey, let me, let me get the win. Let me get the win. And he comes in, twists the fates, Marco, and it's the win. Jurassic Express and Bear Country argue, uh, so this is going to be the feud going forward for them. That'll be really good, because those are two big guys versus Luchasaurus, and I'm just really excited for that. Did Bear Country sign? I think so. Did they? Okay. 
I think so. Uh, and then we get John Moxley and Eddie Kingston talking backstage about how they're going to have to go to war again with the good brothers, the real problem in this industry. I want a podcast from John Moxley and Eddie Kingston That'd of just good. them shooting the shit every episode because yeah. it would be the greatest thing to ever listen to. Yeah, They fucking refer to Gallows as Forky from Toy Story, they mock the two sweet. Um, I saw it somewhere a few years ago on TNT. I don't know where. Yeah, like, I'm like, fuckers are great. I just, I loved it. And then they flip the switch and they're like, but this isn't Tokyo or Impact. This is our house. Like, it went from jokey to, oh shit, they're gonna murder you. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. Um, And then they ask kind of, they go jokey again. They're like, um, so are we allowed to say Bullet Club? Like, <laughs> is that, is that legal? Yeah. Fuck. Um, Love them. Love them to bits. Great promo. Uh, We finally hear from Christian Cage. Uh, talks to Dasha, um, and and he starts leading into this term. He goes, "There's this term in the wrestling business," and I don't know about you, I immediately knew what he was about to say. Did you? Uh, yeah. I'm like, because I'm like, I know your slogan, so I know your whole gimmick is you're going to be a workhorse. Yeah, and so when when he goes, it's called the workhorse. I was like, yeah. That's exactly where we're going with this. This is going to be good. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, he's not, oh, but he, he's not workhorse. He's the workhorse. Yep. Yeah, it was just, it was really good. And obviously ending it off, I think, I mean, it was obvious how he was going to, but it, it worked so good. He is there to simply outwork everyone, which by the way, I want that fucking shirt. Yes. As well, he also goes, Kenny, you're wrestling on borrowed time. Oh. And so for anybody who doesn't know, that is a very big wink wink at uh, Adam Copeland. I don't know if you've heard of him. Guy named Edge in WWE. Who? Oh, my (laughs) fucking favorite wrestler, like, probably ever. Yeah. Who? Anyways. (laughs) Um, Eddie Kingston and John Moxley against the Good Brothers. Um, yeah, they watch the match. <laughs> they brawl outside the ring. Good Brothers end up hitting a magic killer on Mox. Uh, outside of the ring, they throw Kingston in and they start. They go through the match. It's it's a very good match. Go watch it. Uh, Mox. It's a murder. It's just a murder. <laughs> Mox pins Carl Anderson with the roll up. Gallows Anderson yep. attack him after the match. And then it gets interesting. Yeah. Um Kenny Omega and Don Callis come down. Kenny has a chair. And I thought he was gonna set up to do the one wing angel through it like the death match. Right. But he sits in it. And uh and then Eddie attacks him. Right. From behind, they beat down Kingston. Good Brothers hit Magic Killer on Kingston. They put the chair on his ankle, 
and Carl Anderson stop, stomps from the middle rope on it, you know, breaking his ankle, technically. They put the chair on Mox's neck, and then Kenny starts climbing up to do this himself. When the fucking Bucks come out. Yeah. Um, And they stop him, and the Bucks and Kenny start arguing, and the Good Brothers... I don't know what they're trying to do, but they just, they keep kind of throwing up the too sweet and trying to get them to too sweet. Like just too sweet. And we'll be fine. Just like yeah. move on. And the bucks aren't fucking having it. Uh, good brothers and Kenny even throw up the too sweet altogether. And the bucks leave as they're walking out. Omega grabs Matt and actually gets physical turning him and like two sweets his head. Yeah. Um, and they, continue to argue on the stage mox comes in swinging with the chair they all duck out callus fucking ran for the hills apparently yeah commentator said they ran behind him or he ran behind them um and it ends with mox and the bucks kind kind of looking at each other like okay like yep is this really what we're setting up for probably yep yep uh, it is in fact sting up next that that scared me if i'm being honest sorry it came out of nowhere um nowhere uh yeah shkivo good old shkivo interviewing sting and darby and he tried to do the darby allen as the sting thing and it just didn't work as well um now i know one of our issues uh and Darby directly addressed it, and I very much so like this. It proved that the reason, the sole reason this hasn't happened is because they wanted to get the Sting storyline over with and get Sting over. Not that you have to get Sting over, but... Yeah. Um, but I like that he said it was bullshit. Darby goes, I haven't, you know, I, I haven't uh, defended my title a whole lot. I've defended it three times since I won it in November. And he wants to pay tribute to the greatest TNT champion of all time. Uh, which just warmed my heart. Uh, and he gave an open challenge to the Dark Order. I wanted ten to accept this. I did too. But granted, the the package we get later is the 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 start of it is the best thing ever. I fucking love it. Anyways, um, and then uh, we have Lance Archer and Jake Roberts come out. Um, pissed about not getting time again. Jake says the winds are changing, you know, uh, I'm intrigued to see where this goes. Yeah. It's really interesting. Uh, we then get Taz coming team out. Taz, and, yes. Yeah. The whole team Taz, uh, cage immediately grabs the mic from Taz and says, no, you're not talking for me tonight. Goes right up to sting and says, you know, uh, after everything there's, I have nothing but respect for sting. Yeah, and then uh, he, he proceeds to say that Ricky Starks is wrong. That with or without the bat, he is still the icon. Absolutely. And Taz and the team get pissed. Yeah. And Cage just walks out. And I'm like, Good. holy shit. I don't, I, I think I've said that from the beginning. I don't think Cage needs to be a part of Team Taz. 
If I haven't, that's been my thought process. I'm just saying. Well, it was good either way. It's been really good. I do, like, I've enjoyed what's been going on with the Sting and, and Cage and all that stuff. But I just thought that I, I liked Cage by himself. That's fair. Um, Scorpio Sky package promo thing. Uh, Reach to... for the sky. Yeah, try and hype him up. Uh, then we get Ray Phoenix with Pack at ringside against Angelico. Um, I instinctively put with Jack Evans, and then he wasn't there. I put that as well, and then erased it. Uh, yeah. Get pissed off when I have to do that. Um, I do too. Good match. I, yeah, it was. It was I, quick again. Like yeah. Um, but Phoenix picks up the win, uh, kind of expected. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, we have Alex Marvez interviewing Miro, um, asking about the Chuck Taylor Orange Cassidy match. He's like, he, he doesn't think it's needed in that. And then Kip comes in and says that he isn't over the feud and reminds Miro about what he did, uh, in the match shoving, I think it was Cassidy into Penelope. Yeah. Um, and Kip accepts it for them. Yeah, after they had argued about not being a tag team anymore, pretty much, and Miro was like, we'll be friends backstage, and pretty much said nothing about being friends and tag team partners anymore. Yeah. So, this is definitely implying, or not even implying, this is definitely telling us Kip and Miro are not going to be a tag team for much longer. Yep, pretty well. Um... We have Marvez with the Dark Order, and well, yeah, like, the mural one did say it was earlier today. Yeah, yeah, but I just I love how they did that though. Irregardless, fucking yeah. Marvez twice, um, and Negative One jumps up to the front and he goes, "It's like I'm gonna, I'm gonna challenge," you know. Um, yeah, it was really good, and I don't know who it is, but they look at him and they're like, "How about in like." what like they said like 10 years or something uh yeah about or like years. eight years or some shit like that yeah um and, and it seems like um evil uno is kind of the caretaker for um negative one so like evil uno is like the second to brody and so it's going to be the same sort of thing as to Brody Jr. Well, He's I mean, be you think second. about it. You think about it, the numbers. It's 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 Uno. Exactly. I mean, exactly. Stu is Dose. I mean, he was yeah. player Dose in Super Smash. Like, like it always worked out that way. It, it um, did. But it's just you want it's, to talk about it's long, kind of cute. You want to talk see. about long-term storytelling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just it's kind of cute to see the fact that Brody Jr. has moved into the exact same position yeah, as Brody. He is the leader of the Dark Order. And so where yeah. Uno was under Brody, uh like like, you know, uh Yeah. He's he's still technically under Brody one, but it's that like almost that jokey scenario of but he's the adult. So yeah, now he's, he's got to raise the leader. Like, yeah. it's just, I don't know. I love it. I love it. It's... And I can't wait to be watching AEW 10 years from now. And, you know, potentially still seeing some form of this. I want to see this until the day 
Brody Lee Jr. comes down with that red TNT title pointing at whoever the TNT champion is and says, I want that one. And and I've got to have at <laughs> least, like, Uno and Grayson or something. Like, in some way, shape, or form ten years from now. Oh, the whole Dark Order right behind him. The entirety of the Dark Order right behind him. Be great. It'd be great. And people could be like, oh, that's so shit, whatever. No. I do not care. I want it. I, I would give anything to see that, yeah. Um, but okay. Sil- Silver Silver uh, says he's the one that who will challenge. The Meat Man. Meat Man. Um, we get a short promo piece, uh, or backstage piece, my apologies, of the Pinnacle taking over the Inner Circle locker room, taking their name t- tag off and putting theirs up. Yeah. And displaying their new logo, which actually looks really cool. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Um. And then we get what, in my opinion, has been probably out of the women's matches, one of the best, if not the best, women's match of the year. Um, And it's in there probably for one of the best in general of the year. Okay. Now, we're going to go back to 2020, Caleb, of the exact same time. You just heard somebody say Britt Baker had one of the best women's matches in AEW history. Me a year ago, I probably would have laughed so loud in your face. It's not funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I would have looked at you and said you were the craziest fucking person on planet Earth. Yeah. And I'm sitting here in 2021 saying Britt Baker has put on one of guaranteed a qualifier for match of the year. Yeah, 100%. I just said those words and you know what? It's not a thing that I'm like, I can't believe it or something like that. I'm glad. Good on her. I want, I, that's the thing. If I ever sit here and go, eh, about somebody kind of coming into the business it's not that I don't want them to succeed. I 110% want them to. But I'm going to be on their ass until they do. Because when yeah, you have I, yeah. critics, this goes back to the beginning of the show. You're allowed to have critics in that. Because when you have critics, you 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 get better. Exactly. My my prime example, and we'll talk about her later, is Bel Air. I want her to do better. You know I what? just don't care about her gimmick. In, in five years... You know, if I, I can turn around and 100% probably say Bel Air will have a match of the year if she Possibly. is on that same growth. That's the thing. Yeah. I would have never told you a year ago, like if in a, within 12 months that I'd say Britt Baker was getting match of the year, I would have laughed at you. But Dr. Britt Here Baker, DMD, along with Rebel at ringside against Thunder Rosa. Yep. And a lights out unsanctioned falls count anywhere. Fuck. Um, I'm going to put some spots here that I have that I really liked. Um, but do yourself a favor. Go, fucking watch it. Sorry for anybody who I just headbutted my mic. <laughs> Go fucking watch it. Uh, as well as there is a like three minute after the show video. Watch it. It is so good. Showing them after the show, Tony Khan's praising Britt Baker. We get an interview with Rosa. We get some behind the scenes of Brick getting tax taken out and shit, like seeing the actual damage. 
it's phenomenal. It's like three and a half minutes. It's worth it on their YouTube. Um, Rebel actually uses the crutch to start the match on mm-hmm. Rosa. Uh, we have Sheeta watching on backstage. Jade Cargill in the stands. Um, some really good. Uh, some really good moments. I mean, brawling on the outside. Uh, suplex into a stack of chairs. Lots of good shit. If you have anything you want to mention, let me know. Um, I know you're hitting all the spots right now. The next spot, really. Uh, Britt set up in the corner. Has ladder shoved in her face. Thunder Rosa drop kicks it, and it fucking catches Britt. And she starts bleeding real good. Ro- uh, Thunder Rosa's already ble- bled at one point in this match already, too. And let me yeah. say, Brit bleeding, as much as that sucked for her, I'm sorry, you just got one of the best shots ever. You you know how, how you know, uh, Cody and Dustin hugging in that blood uh, will forever have something from Double or Nothing? That's going to be something that follows Britt Baker as a good thing. Well, it's like when Becky broke her nose because of Jax. Uh, Steve Austin uh, with the blood running down his face and the sharpshooter. Iconic. Exactly. It's it's the exact same premise here. um, But yeah, she's bleeding good. Uh, I had, like, I I think I mentioned it to you prior to, it's part of my worst of the night. The ref uh, in this match was really calling for them. And I don't know yeah. why. The thing is, is it just the match was fantastic. But if the ref would have been a little further back and I didn't notice him so much, it'd be great. Because my next point is Thunder Rosa literally has a ladder and is going somewhere with it. And the ref walks right in front of her. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, no, this is not okay. No, um, exactly. They fucking set up to do a fucking tack spot. Which I'm shitting myself. They it's been actually... a while since I've seen tax. The last time I saw them was in person. Uh, the last spot that I can remember is Kingston and Cody on Dynamite. Did, did they run a attack spot? Yeah, Cody got powerbombed into tax. I don't remember that. Why don't I remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's been a, a handful of tax spots. The one I can vividly remember was us watching Smash. Yeah, well, that was a while ago too. Uh, a long time ago now. But um, yeah, Rebel goes through a fucking table on the outside. Good on her. Yeah. Um, Brit gets power bombed into the tax. Fuck, man. Um, and then they fucking at one point are rolling in them. Like, and okay, I said this to you. I don't know what would hurt more being dropped on them or slowly having them pop into your skin. Oh, it just, you know, when, when you get that like uh phantom pain almost of just yeah. knowing that feeling, I, oh, oh my God. Yeah. Cause See, there'd, be almost, there'd be pressure, 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 pop. See, I always say I'm a crazy fucking guy when it comes to wrestling. Like, I could be told I had a heart condition and I'd still step in a ring to do something. But I don't know if I'd ever do a tax spot. I don't know if I have the ability to do a tax spot. I definitely would never do the light tubes in that. 
I do table. No, fuck that. Um, table for sure. Chair if, shot. If I'm being honest, I've already done taken chair shots from friends when we were a little younger. And do shit. not try this at home. Me and, my, at home. me and my friends had ladder matches with the three, four ladders we'd have in the backyard where we'd literally slam each other on ladders and hit each Like, there was, there was nosebleeds to come out of those things. Well, I mean, that's the only the best of fun. So, but, like, I don't think I could do tax. Uh, the finish. Oh, the finish. <laughs> Rosa hits the fire thunder driver onto the table outside. Like, fucking off the apron through a table to the outside. Fucking amazing. Rosa picks up the win, and... Like I said, it's up there for match of the year contenders easily. Yeah. Um, just moving on. Do you want to move into the rankings quickly? And then because this is this is just it makes this show so much better. This match like. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. What did you uh, rate Dynamite out of five? I give it a four, but I also kind of want to give it like almost a four point five. So like. I don't know, like that 4.25 because of the match. You're going like, to give it a 4.25? Yeah, it's just... Like, I'm even changing mine as... Because we're talking about it, and I'm like, I just love this match so much, it's making me want to change my rating about it. I like, gave it a 4.25. Yeah. I thought it was a fantastic Dynamite, and it was so good, our Twitter polls were 100% votes for it being a great show because it was um the match of the night is definitely lights out unsanctioned match there is no other way sorry penta cody you did a good job as well as quite a few other of you on the card yeah but nobody was taking that no that there is no way you can compete with that the only thing that can compete with it is not a match and that's what gets the segment of the night for me and i give it to the pinnacle being formed like I give it to the pinnacle as well as I gave it to the moment of Kenny and the Bucks because that's yeah, a huge that's moment in that story. Yeah, but the pinnacle, like I said, I looked and I went. You know, the worst part is, is I'm looking at what the four horsemen was to the generation before us. Yeah, this will be our four horsemen like stable. That's yeah. going to lead the future of professional wrestling. I'm like, we just witnessed history. Yeah. It, it's very true. It is. It's insane. Um, <laughs> um performers of the night. Do we and have I, to? I say like... performers this time. Yeah. Because you're not getting away with giving it to one over the other. No. It, it, it's Britain Thunder or Rosa, Thunder whatever you Rosa want to call it. and Britt Baker. Holy fuck! Yeah, like I, you can't look at those two and be like, "No, you didn't have the best showing of the night." You did. Not even a promo can do better than that. I'm sorry. As good as Tully's promos were, as good as MJF was on the mic, you can't touch what those two did. Yep. Now, the worst of the night. In no way do I think this was a bad thing. It just kind of felt unnecessary. It was the the 10-man tag. 
that's fair. Like, I again, it wasn't a bad match. It just felt like, again, similar to what happened in Impact, we just didn't need this. You could have done it, split it up into a couple different matches, and I think it would have been fine. That is that is completely fair. Yes. Um, I gave it specifically to the referee in the main event. That's fair. That because, is absolutely like fair. Like I said, I'm enjoying the match, but the worst part is, and like I said, as the way the match went, it it's match of the year. But that referee was so fucking annoying. And I'm yeah. sorry, I understand you were doing your job. I'm not trying to be an ass towards you. The thing is, it wasn't you who wanted to be involved in that. That was just your job. But it being on TV, that that ref was just so fucking involved in it. I was, like, getting pissed yeah. off. It Honestly, I see where you're coming from thinking back to it. It's almost my same gripes I had with uh, Aubrey's first match with uh, ever refing that I saw of her. Yeah. I was like, you're just trying to be in the camera a little too much. Yeah. Um, but that that's mine, anyways. Yeah. Uh, we good to move on? Yeah. Now. Yeah, let's move on to NXT. So we can just kind of half-ass run through NXT and SmackDown now, so we don't take another fucking two yeah. hours. Um, we have Finn Balor come to the ring. Uh, actually, he's already entering the ring. Uh, yeah. And cuts a promo about how he's beating everyone in his way, and tells. Carrying Cross that at takeover is time's up. Cross and Scarlet come down. Uh you know, everything happens for a reason. Oni and Danny interrupt. <sighs> they ask and Scarlet's pretty oh yeah, sorry, I'll let you continue. They say that Finn should be facing Pete Dunn, which I was annoyed with because I'm like, he's already beat Pete. Fuck off. Yeah. And Scarlet Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Scarlet seduces them into defending their tag titles in against Finn Balor and Karrion Cross. Yep, no other way to say it. There is no other way of saying that, and I'm sorry it has to be said like that. That is what happened. She seduced them, and yes. Anyways, uh, Dexter Loomis against Austin Theory. Um, Theory's backstage talking to Johnny and Candice on like the iPad or whatever. Um, yeah. Man, we can't specify. We're not sponsored by anybody, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're at home. They tell Theory it's his final step of his therapy. He has to do it alone. Uh, in reality, from my knowledge, they are quarantined. Um, More than likely, but they can't say that. But Drew can. Yeah. But uh, match is pretty decent. At one point, yeah. Loomis helps Theory up, and Theory hugs him. And then yeah. I like how Loomis tries to transition it into the choke. Theory kind of escapes and then is put basically right back into Code of Silence and yeah. passes out. Um, is it called Code of Silence or is it just called Silence? I think they said Code of Silence. I've only heard them say Silence the last few times he's locked it in. Yeah, see, they said Code of Silence this week, which I found weird because okay. I thought it was always just Silence. Yeah. Anyway. I don't know. Uh, they send back to talk to Regal. But Champa's comes in and he's like, "Hey, Imperium." Yeah, pretty much all he says. It was it was fine. Uh, Cole's coming to the ring. Uh, yeah, 
and calls out Kyle Regal comes out and says Kyle's not here. Yeah, he got injured further last week and he's banned from the Capital Wrestling Center uh due to risk of future injury. Kyle but his and... phone feed is not. Yeah, yeah, he's on his phone uh from his vehicle and he threatens Cole. He's yeah. basically like I know where you get your video games. I know where you live. I know this and that. I'm going to fucking kill you. Uh Pretty much, yeah. And, and Adam's like, nah, I'm going to do it first. Yeah, yeah. Cole gets in Regal's face, and he's like, Kyle can't hurt me if I find him first. And I'm like, okay. Like, Somebody's like, going to die. Yeah, it's like, I'm going to murder you. And it's like, not if I murder you first. <laughs> um, We... Uh, Ember Moon and Shotzi talking about winning their titles. Robert Stone brand. So Robert Stone, Aaliyah, and Jessica Maya come in. And they're like, yeah, we're challenging you next week. Cool. Um, Jordan Devlin arrives in a red convertible Mustang. Yeah. Um, And then we just get a tag match. Yeah, Legado del Fantasma with Santos Escobar at ringside versus Brizongo. We exactly knew where this was headed. Um, we just didn't need the tag match before it. <laughs> Legato wins, and then Santos grabs a headset, and he's like, yo, Devlin, where at? Did he only grab a headset? I thought he had a mic. No, it was a headset, man. On That's commentary. hilarious. Uh, Devlin's like, here am. And then <laughs> <laughs> they're like, let's fight. You know, we're going to have a match. Continue, keep going. Devlin headbutts Santos. <laughs> Beats him up a little bit, and that's that. He fucking headbutted him so hard that it busted Santos's mouth open. Uh, Santos yeah, is like, that. "Oh, there you is, cool." Um, Sore is coming to NXT. Yep. Uh, I don't know who it is. Do you? I think it's Joshi Pro. Oh, okay. So it's somebody who's actually kind of established. Yeah, from my knowledge. Um, okay. Adam Cole's leaving the Capitol Wrestling Center to find Kyle O'Reilly. We have Dakota Kai with Raquel Gonzalez on the outside against Zoe Stark. Dakota Kai wins. Decent match. Yeah. Io Shirai comes out, has a contract in her hand. Fucking walks right past Dakota Kai. Shoves it to Raquel. And then leaves. Then leaves. Um, Regal's backstage. Yeah. (laughs) And somebody runs up and is like, yo, bro, shit's happening. Like, let's go. Yeah. And then we get Grizzled Young Vets talking backstage about MXK or at their house or something. Probably fucking quarantine. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Uh, and then we get Tommaso Ciampa versus Marcel Barthel? Yeah. Bartel? I don't... Bartel? I don't know. I know there's I an H the... there, but I think they say it's Bartel. Uh, with Fabian Eichner. I... Eichner. Eichner. Fabian Eichner. Uh, I... I'm going to admit... My my note says Champa takes out the two members of Imperium and then targets the Marcel. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know Imperium that well. I never watched. Yeah. NXT so it, it's it's Marcel Bartel, uh, Fabian Eichner, um, Alexander Wolf, and Walter. Uh, but we get Champa and Marcel. Good match. Champa wins, and I kid you not, I popped. Um, fucking Walter, man. Fucking Walter is an NXT. Walter shit for this, by the way. Like, this is a big fucking deal, man. 
Yeah. And they're like, oh, it's Walter. He's back. No, 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 no. We're in a fucking pandemic still. And this, I'm sorry, this is, when it's something like this, it's on the scale almost because of the circumstances that we're in. As somebody, I mean, he hasn't been on NXT for a while, but it's almost like he's not been on TV for a lot of people. And he just fucking returned. Make it a big deal. Exactly. And they were just like, oh my god, Walter's coming down to the ring. And he fucking kills Champa. Yeah. Um, also, the is this setting up Champa versus Walter for the UK title? At stand at uh stand and deliver. Takeover yeah, stand I think and that's deliver. What it's yeah. Um yeah. Yeah, that'll awesome. be the world title of night one. Awesome. <laughs> yep. Oh, I agree. Awesome. Give me um, it. Shove it down my throat. Let's do it. Anyways. Not like that. Not like that, you. Yeah, Imperium attacks Champa. Um and then we have Regal outside. Uh Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole are fucking getting arrested. Yeah. And Cole says that he tried to run him was it off the road or run him over? Yeah. Run him off the road. Yeah. And I'm sitting here. I mean I I shouldn't have been but I was chuckling because I'm like these fucking guys. Okay, like. Did you see the three minute clip they released of the whole segment? No. It's on like Twitter or something. Son of a they, bitch! Like Regal comes in, he yells at the cops, like "What's going on here?" And Cole's like explaining the whole like it lasted a good two three minutes their whole argument and they only showed about 20 seconds of it i'm gonna have to go and find that fuck um la knight uh is backstage cutting promo on his way to the ring bronson reed walks behind him into his locker room we get la knight and august gray from 205 my initial one when i saw the person was la knight versus yes uh i don't know why i knew who he was but i did Um, you knew who that was yep i've seen him wrestle and i don't know why or where i think he wrestles on 205 but i don't watch 205 so i don't know where the fuck i have seen august gray i yeah like there's times i'm like la knight takes control of the guy and slams here's the issue okay there are knights we've talked about it before on this podcast Pod is legal in Canada. There is nights where I get very stoned and I sit and watch about six hours of professional wrestling. And the thing is, it is always a mix of shit I've never seen, shit I've watched a million times, shit I haven't watched in 10 years, and everything in between. Yeah. Up to the point where I've sat and probably watched about a season's worth of total divas clips. You like, haven't watched the full season of Total Divas? N- no. I watched the first two seasons when it was coming out. On I watched about movie. half the first season and then stopped. Uh, the only reason I would do it is because I happened to find the channel E. Like, I found E <laughs> on my TV. And I was like, well, I guess I'll record this. <laughs> I kind of want to watch Ms. and Mrs., but I kind of don't. The clips look funny. But, but I don't know if I that... could watch the whole show. I don't think it'd be entertaining enough. Yeah, exactly. I think the last episode of Total Divas I watched was um, Eva Marie breaking Natalia's nose. Fucking Eva Marie. Oh my god. 
she's making her return supposedly so la night and august gray going at it um my life. Bronson Reed appears on the stage and he has LA Knight's blue jacket, although I'm like a hundred percent certain it's not the no. one he was wearing. No, he puts it on, rips it apart, LA Knight wins. That's it. Uh yeah. Raquel Gonzalez interview backstage. Kai comes in. She's like, We're a team next week. Yeah, and Raquel's like, but I have a title match here, and she's just like, No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um uh, Regal says he has a solution for the problem of Cole and O'Reilly next week. Yeah, we have a Xylee and Boa vignette. Yeah, um, I didn't understand it, so I was just like... Eh. There was one line of English in it, I think, so, and I forget. And I hate to say it like that, but I can't get behind something if I don't understand it. There needed to have been subtitles, because I'm pretty sure it was not English all the way through. There was one line yeah. for sure, but that's about it. 100%. But, like, yeah, I'm not even trying to be annoying or racist or whatever. I just would like context. Yeah. Um, we have Finn Balor and Karrion Cross with Scarlett at ringside against Oni Larkin and Danny Burch for the tag titles. Uh, were you as annoyed as I was about the tag team champions not getting an entrance? Yes. Okay. 100%. Um, at one point, Balor running shotgun drop kicks Oni into Scarlett. Cross starts slamming Balor against the glass, throws him in the ring. Lorcan pins the NXT champion Finn Balor. And then Cross comes in, kills Lorcan, kills Balor, chokes Balor out. And the next part's neat. Scarlet kind of helps Finn up, and Cross takes him out again. Um, yeah. It makes Scarlet an interesting player in this whole story. Yeah, it um, does. You know, like, us even saying the seducing thing, it's something we haven't seen in a long time, and it does work for her. Yeah, and she the way she's doing it reminds me of, um, oh, I can't remember the name, um, but uh, Mil Muertes had a valet with him, and she was fantastic. Did this gimmick almost identically to what Scarlet is running, <clears throat> and it when it they do it right, and they use their seduction in a... Se- in a sense like they did here it's fine as long as it's not cheap and i'm doing this because i am a hot chick no she used it almost like it was a psychological seduction that she did like mm-hmm. wasn't about her looks it was almost like she literally went in their head and was like you're gonna do this yeah yeah it was it was good um yeah not to go on a rant there. No, yeah. no, you're good. Uh, what did you rate out of five for NXT? I feel like this is a like it's not low, but like it's a I gave it a three. It's it's a good show, but I just I didn't feel like it was a fantastic show. Uh, I gave it a three point two five. Yeah, so you know what I'm talking about, like. There were parts where I could have given it higher, but at the same time, I'm like, eh. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Um, Who is your match of the night? Loomis and Theory, actually. Same. Same. Uh, Because it really held with, with ongoing storyline. It was it a did. good match. I liked the little, you know, bit in it where, you know, Theory hugged him and Loomis was just like, mm. Yeah. No. It was it was good continuation of story without having the principal story members in. Yeah, they it was a good way of covering up a bunch of people missing the show. 
Um, yeah. Segment of the night. The opening segment, as well as Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly being arrested. So I have the Cole O'Reilly stuff, um, including like the promo and that. Uh, but also Walter's return. That was huge, man. And I yeah, mean, but it's... The, the announcers played it off so poorly. Yeah. See, I just fucking ignored them when they were doing anything, and I was hyped myself. So. Oh, I was so hyped. <laughs> um, performer of the night. Finn Balor, Karrion Cross, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Dexter Loomis, Austin Theory. Same list with the addition of Scarlet myself. Fair. Fair. Um, worst of the night. LA Knight, just for how short the match was, because I really would love to have seen him just go on a 15-minute barn burner of a match and just show what he can do. I just would have loved to have seen him have a proper match. My worst of the night? Well, why are, I, I don't care if it was for one thing, okay? I understand we were in a tough predicament with people being quarantined from the looks of it. Finn Balor, the NXT champion, being involved in the tag title picture. No, yeah, I, no I, that's I'm fair. tired of this in the one division. I don't want to see this in the other. And, no, and to go along with it, I can only assume MSK wasn't on the show due to the fact of that as well. But they're setting up for Grizzled Young Vets versus MSK. No, no, no. Yeah. MSK have a fucking tag title shot. We are not getting some interim feud. I want this tag title shot to happen. Well, I almost think MSK was supposed to win it and then feud with Grizzled Young Vets. Yeah, well, okay, MSK needs those belts, so they still have that title shot, unless they had them get physical last week without Wesley being fully cleared. Which I that don't see. That must be what happened. But, but what did medical... Wesley do? I, I right? What did don't... he do? I think Nash Carter hit the, the dive. Wesley literally just slammed um, Gibson's hand. I'd still be surprised if they let somebody do that. It's fair. It's it's it'd be surprising. I mean, they're they're but it very tight on that shit, right? Yeah. So yeah, exactly. But yeah, no, saying the the world champion in the tag match is very fair. I just didn't think of it at the time. Yeah. Now on to uh, this show, which we can definitely not stick on. Uh, show opens and it's literally Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair arguing in the grill position about up next in that. And speaking of up next, we get Sasha Banks versus Nia Jax with Shayna Baszler. This is in fact for the title, right? Yeah. And hang on. Um, you saying we're getting a match the first 10 minutes of SmackDown? Yep. Wow. Yep. Unfucking believable, right? Yeah. Um, um, we're like, yes, this is for the title. Yes. We're like nowhere in this match. Here comes Bianca. Shayna and Bianca yep. tussle around, roll into the ring. Shayna kicks Nia. Uh, they try and play it off the rest of the night as, you know, you know, half ass accident, half not, half, half ass not. I don't know if it's just because of the way it was set up, but, um, Shayna, as a trained fighter, could have realized that wasn't the target well before she hit Nia. Anyways, Sasha wins off of one fucking kick to the chest. They claim it was a knockout blow. It was to her chest, but, uh, yeah, anyways. Yeah. So that's why when when I just have big move, that's why cuz I didn't see what the move was and it was just a kick. It was a kick to the chest. Neat. That knocked Naya out. 
Edge talks about his match against uh, Jey Uso next, and he wants to give Brian a fair shake in his match. So that's why he wants to win. Yep. Um, um, we have Seth Rollins coming to the ring, but when we come back from commercial, we have Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler arguing backstage, and Shayna's like, I'm gonna fight Bianca. Oh, joy. We get Seth Rollins' promo. He's talking about Cesaro. Okay. Did I fall down a well, or is this just the exact same promo he did two weeks ago? Blake, what are you doing down there? (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, uh, and then Shinsuke comes out, he's like, shut up, they fight for a second, Rollins is like, nah, then Rollins is like, you know what, fuck you, and then Nakamura Kinshasa's him, and that's the segment. Um, And then we get reminded Bischoff's in the Hall of Fame, neat. And then we get uh, the Street Profits versus Ray and Dominic Mysterio. Tag champs are on commentary. I was actually like, okay, because they were like, this has title match implications. I'm like, yes, okay, I'm good with this. And right. Dominic pins Dawkins. The Mysterious yeah. win. Here come Otis and Cable. They say they should get the title match first. Ray and Dominic kind of attack them, draw kick them from behind. Dom dives Uh-oh. on them. And when we come I back smell from the match. When we come back from commercial, we have Ray and Dominic Mysterio versus Gable and Otis. Literally in my brackets, I have, uh-oh, I smell a match after commercial. <laughs> Profits are on commentary now. Otis pins yep. Dom. They all kind of stand there, and the tag champs are like, anybody, anytime. So, four-way match at Mania. Cool. Um, yeah. yeah. No, fuck it. They're going to do it at Fastlane. Go die. Uh, Sami Zayn <laughs> talking to his documentary crew. Kevin Owens comes in, whatnot, and he's like, you're nuts, and he, Sami Zayn's like, coming from a match, and if you don't see anything, then I drop all this, and Owens is like, cool. Um, we have Daniel Bryan coming down to the ring, he gets up on the post, starts chanting yes, we go to commercial, and we come back from commercial, he's on the post chanting yes, four minutes later. My arms would yeah. have been fucking tired. Anyways. Um, he says that Edge will do what he needs to do to, or sorry, he says... We know what will happen if Jay wins. We we know if Edge wins that he'll do what he has to do to get what he wants, and he seems to want Roman. Uh, and because he said Roman, damn it, damn it, damn it. Um, <sighs> yeah, here comes here comes Roman. I've liked that that they've been consistent, and we've seen Roman all of once, mostly for the last two SmackDowns. Yes, I'll give it that. Um, but uh, this promo here basically comes down to Brian being like, yeah, I'll make you tap. Cool. Yeah, and Roman's like, lol, no, you won't. I'll die before you do that. Yeah. Uh, we get the least anticipated match in SmackDown history, which really annoys me about this. The biggest video package ever. What the fuck is up with that? They put more oh, of a- Hang on. I got this. Ready? Up next, you have the most unexpected match in the world. Sami Zayn versus King Corbin in a match nobody wanted. The irritable irritable force against the... Annoying object, I think is what they said. Yeah, like like they came up with all these taglines about it. And so we have King Corbin and, and Sami Zayn with Kevin Owens on commentary. Uh, Sammy gets caught trying to use the ropes for leverage. He gets caught trying to take a corner pad off, and he loses. 
and he's arguing with Owens. Owens says he saw he, he saw nothing. The ref was officiating. He walks away, and I literally typed as Sammy walked away. I went, Sammy turns around, and Haluva kicks Owens. Sure enough, Sammy Zayn, Haluva kicks Owens in the fucking head. Um, neat note here, Corey Graves actually goes down for the check on Owens, the, the finger squeeze check, which he's caught on camera and stops for a second. Um, yeah. And when they slow show when they show slow mo, holy fuck! Um, you can see Zayn go for the slap and pull his hand away. I thought that was a cool thing. I chuckled about it. That's um, hilarious. Next, we get the best segment of the night, um, for sure. Uh, Apollo Cruz and Big E backstage interviews. Didn't feel like a normal Big E interview. Um, Apollo still in the accent. I'm sorry. I love Apollo Cruz. This accent blows in my opinion. Um Biggie's like fuck Sunday. Cruz is like cool. They both leave their individual rooms. Biggie hops on a golf cart to find Apollo, finally finds him. They fucking brawl about. Officials break him up and Apollo's like later on a different golf cart. Um and then where are we? Bianca Belair versus Shayna Baszler. Banks comes out, then doesn't. Yeah, she comes out. She's like, no, nah, I'll watch from the back. Then you think we're going to get a match, right? Very little of it. Naya begins to leave. And then Tamina and Natalia come out and kill Belair and Baszler. That's about it. Why? Because why not? On to the main event. Edge versus Jey Uso in a... Semi decent match. I mean, it was it was all right. Um, Edge wins. Yeah. Rain spears Edge from behind. Yeah. Tells Brian to come and tap him. Jey Uso attacks him from behind, and Ryan spears Brian or Reigns spears Brian, and we finish the show. Yeah. Uh, rating out of five. Two. I gave it a one point seven five. Yeah. I I couldn't even get behind it that much. Uh, the match of the night was Edge and Jay. Uh, Twitter polls, real quick. Um, oh well, twenty yeah. percent, great show. Twenty percent sitting on the fence. Sixty percent, wait of waste of time so far. Yeah. Twitter poll is still available, by the way. Um, yeah. Match of the night is Edge and Jay for yep. me. Yep. Segment um, of the night. WWE becomes self-aware. The 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 match where they knew nobody wanted to see it. Baron Corbin and Sami Zayn. I loved that. That made me laugh so fucking much. I actually gave it to Zayn attacking Owens because I'm excited that Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens get a match at WrestleMania. That's fine. Because yeah. Owens is jumping off the fucking ship. And the other part about it is you're once again talking real life best friends who have always wanted to be at WrestleMania. And they get, they're going to get to fight at one of the most important the card wise, not one of the most important, but because of what's been happening the past year one of the most important wrestlemanias in history yeah this this will go down no matter how the card is as one of the most important wrestlemanians in history this is a wrestlemania you send people back to watch where you send them back to watch stuff like wrestlemania 1 wrestlemania 30 you know ones in between for certain reasons this is one of those ones that yeah you're gonna look back at it's the first time in over a year we will have near a full audience 
Well, not even near. Only 25,000 well, a night. But what I'm saying is that's near a Raw or SmackDown. That That's that's, that's over what a, a normal yeah. Raw or SmackDown would be. Yeah. In a stadium, granted. But it's it's the first um, main roster show with fans in yeah. over a year. Granted, there is definitely going to be some Thunderdome aspect to this. Or in at least way, the cardboard cutouts. Yeah, something that's going to f- make it look more full than it actually is, and that's fine. Yep. But, uh... I just, I'm, yeah. But yeah, it'll be awesome that they get that match, because I assume that's where that's going, and I hope it does. Um, yeah. Performer of the Night. Edge. Yep. Uh, Worst of the Night. The tag title mess, both the women's and the men's, like, it just... They both felt really messy. <laughs> so I gave it to the women's tag title picture again. Uh, I gave it to the fact that we had the Mysterios and the Street Profits and then the Mysterios and Otis and Gable just to fuck up that whole title picture. And I also gave it to Apollo Cruz's accent because I don't like it. I, I'm done I'm, acting like it's okay. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I'm just, I don't want to voice my opinions any further on it. The thing is, is it, it sounds like he's struggling to figure out how to pronounce certain words too with the accent because that's not a thing for him. And so things just aren't coming off how I need them to. It doesn't feel like I'm, I'm not scared of what he's saying. I'm kind of laughing at him. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, But... I think that's it for SmackDown. So moving on fast lane predictions, and then we get to wrap up here. Yeah. Um, so we were still advertised Braun Strowman and Shane McMahon. Uh, as I said, my opinion earlier, I don't even think we get a match. I don't think, like I, said, th- I don't I, think there's a single bell. I, I think we'll get a bell, but I don't think we're going to get a finish. Yeah. I don't even, cause think like you said, this is going to be at mania. This, this match happens at mania. Yeah. It's a Nickelodeon slime cage match at WrestleMania. All right, you told me to go die. Can you just jump off the CN Tower or something? I'd like to, yes. Anyways, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura and Seth Rollins, as announced on SmackDown, which we didn't which know. You, yeah, I was going to say, you and I, just that just went right over our heads. We missed it. <laughs> Apparently, it was on the broadcast. We missed it. Um, yeah. Seth Rollins? It has to be Rollins, right? And then Cesaro. Feud Cesaro, right? He keeps attacking Shinsuke after, and Cesaro comes from the safe. Set up. For yeah. Me. Yeah. Um, Biggie versus Apollo Crews Intercontinental title match. I hope Biggie retains. Myself as well. I don't think he's going to. Mm-mm. Me either. Okay. <sighs> um,. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler uh, against Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair for the tag titles. Um, I give it to Banks and Belair because Shayna finally turns on Nia. Why does Wikipedia have this as the main event? I don't know. I don't like it. But anyways. Nia Jax. Yeah, no. um, They have to retain the titles. Right? They have to retain the titles. I don't think they do. I think Banks and Belair take it. Because I... the thing is, is either that way they don't have to worry about that title picture on the show, or night one, 
where you get Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair defending against three other Jackson teams. Baszler. They lose the titles. To Jackson Baszler. Or even Natalia Tamina or something like that. I wish. Anyways, oh my god. WWE, if you could make that's one a surprise thing return. For, that's a yes. that's a surprise return. We have we have a triple threat setup on night yeah. one. It's them, Nijak, Shane Baszler, and Natalia Tamina. And we Titus have Titus O'Neil comes out. Titus come out and be like, We got another team, and it's the iconics, and the iconics win the titles to set up yes. the division again. Uh, and then we and then we it. get them night two because the thing is, they've they didn't do it last year. They've got to do it this year because they know it works for New Japan. So, um, moving on, uh, Drew McIntyre uh, versus Sheamus in a no holds barred. I didn't know it was no holds barred. Uh, Drew obviously wins. Like duh. Right. I don't know. I think they do not set up for a fucking triple threat. Don't say that to me. I think they're setting up for a triple threat match. That or they're not. We're not going to get Drew versus uh, Lashley. It's going to be Lashley versus Lesnar. No. I don't want that either. Drew but I wins don't... and we get Bobby and Drew. It's just the predictable one. Like, let's just leave it there. And that's why WWE won't do it. Um, second most important uh, match of the night, uh, Roman Reigns against Daniel Bryan for the Universal Title. Uh, I was gonna say I thought you were a special guest enforcer. <laughs> yeah, I'm no fucking uh... idiot. Second most important match of the night. Um, yeah. I'd love to see Brian win it. I'd, I'd love, love to see him, him win it, win it because because I'd love Brian Edge at Mania. And that would be like, oh my god, Daniel Bryan versus Edge at WrestleMania. The what only, the fuck? The only thing I see is Edge screwing Reigns out, Bryan winning it, and that's the triple threat world title. And we just get Drew and Bobby to give Drew his solo thing. Because the thing is, the women's uh, Royal Rumble winner match will be night two, and this will close out night one. Because they want Drew to have his big celebration at the end of night two. Beating Bobby. You know they're going to give Edge night one. I don't want it to be. I want Edge to main event night two. Because Drew McIntyre even said it. Night two is the night people give a shit about. But that also means Reigns doesn't main event night two. And I'm okay with that. You know he's going to main event at least one of the nights. That's fine. We, we've just discussed the important and, one. And that's their way of setting up Edge and Reigns after the show, but putting the title on Edge because Edge will pin Brian, and that way we get Edge and Roman and we put Roman over again because that's what they're doing. It may not be what, what I want, but that's the way we go. Okay. You give Edge this? his mania moment and then you give Roman the yeah. title back. We give Edge's Mania moment, and then we pick a person who is... We pick Adam Cole, the Edge of this generation, to retire Edge. I I still don't see Edge retiring for probably another two, three years. Fine. Fine. Give him a two-year title reign, then. Yeah, fucking right. He'll be <laughs> lucky if he holds it for over 100 days, which pisses me off. No, He'll we're putting it back on... he holds it that day. 
we're putting it back on Roman it, because Roman is the face of the company for the next 10 years, whether any of us like it or not. Miz gets his money in the bank contract back and cashes in at Mania. I think, I think I'd rather Reigns world champion. I don't know. I don't think I'd be able to do the whole Miz briefcase thing again. I think I'd, I, that would be it. Uh, yeah, I'd be like, okay, this is the last money in the bank then. like, Yeah, like, we, I don't want a gimmick pay-per-view. I don't want to see the match again because I'm fucking tired yeah, of it. You just fucking killed the whole gimmick by doing that. like. Um, but... And moving on, uh, the Two. most important match of the night, Alexa the Bliss. first, oh, hang on, the first intergender pay-per-view match since, since Armageddon at Armageddon. 2003. Yeah. Yeah, Alexa go ahead, Bliss go ahead. versus Randy Orton. Like, oh, what? Oh, baby. This and, will be a good match. And the intergender tag team match, by the way, at that was show. Was that what it was? Was Lita and Trish Stratus versus Chris Jericho and Christian. I didn't know that was a thing. It was a six-and-a-half-minute six match. You said six-and-a-half minutes? Six-and-a-half. I heard six-and-a-half. I thought I said six-and-a-half, but then again, it is fucking quarter after one, and I'm running off of, like, three hours of sleep. Hey, I'm I'm on that same one. Yeah, for, like, two days, so it's wonderful. Um, Who wins? Oh. Like I said, I think you said something about the Dark Orton. I think we get some gimmicky shit. I think we have Orton versus Dark Orton. Orton wins. It flickers back. It's bliss on the ground. It was an illusion. So we have a decently edited match. You know, it'll be the Orton in the hoodie. So it's probably somebody else. It's pre taped, obviously. Similar height to Orton, similar build. Yep. There's people and on then, that roster. Exactly. Um, And then. We flip back and it's bliss out, you know, like we said, maybe even some of the black goo or something. And yeah. I think this is when, I don't know if we get the fiend, because we talked about him waiting until Mania and him being this crazy thing. Or maybe we get, the thing is, if we're pre-taping an Orton versus Orton, just give us the most batshit crazy thing. Honestly, put this on as the main event. And do the craziest fucking mystical power bullshit that you can pull off. I don't know what it is, but do the most wackadoo... I'm sorry, you ended TLC with a man getting burned alive? You can end this pay-per-view with the most wackadoo thing ever and make us care about Orton Fiend more than we already do. He could literally take Tony's words and be like, what, do you expect us to just blow them up? But that's what I mean. <laughs> like, we're leaving Tropicana Field. Plant, plant C4. Yeah, like, boom. Well, who says this match has to happen in the, the Thunderdome? Like, it could be done in wherever. We see Orton, we hear beep, 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 and then we get a shot of them imploding the fucking Silver Dome in Michigan. <laughs> oh my god, the fiend blew up the Thunderdome! 
you missed the perfect opportunity to call it um what what did like call it the inverse of hogan's fuck up well he called the superdome the silver dome that's so what I, I mean so call it the superdome the superdome brother oh that would have oh. been good but Think uh, ahead next time yeah i know sorry um main event though yeah I think it made events and closes the show in a ridiculously awesome way. So, do you know what I've just realized though? Yo, where's the WWE champion? Um, in doing this, a match has been added. No. No. Riddle, Riddle versus Mustafa Ali just got added. Why? For the U.S. title. That just got added into the... Because the, it was seven. The last match was Shinsuke Nakamura versus Seth Rollins. It's now eight. Okay. Okay. Sure. I don't... I don't... I don't know what to say. Um... I'm trying to find a post on this on on Twitter or something. So the stipulation on Drew and Sheamus was not announced on Raw. I thought it was. No. From what I'm reading is it it was announced on their social media. Interesting. Um Okay, so Mustafa Ali versus Riddle for the title, who wins? Riddle? Um, it would have to be Riddle, right? I guess. I don't know. How did that happen? What? Like, nothing's been announced on, on social media anywhere. Yeah, I have no idea. Or is somebody just messing with us? Somebody just edited this and went, lol. I'm reading it on a... Uh, Are you? On a site that it was added. Oh, and by the way, apparently Kylie Ray is still under contract with impact wrestling yeah oh well then there we go now their problems are solved i don't mean to sound like a dick but that's 12 anyways um i think that's it for this show yeah, I'm sorry to be angry at the end there, but it's 12 people on yep. your roster. Yeah. Yep, <laughs> like... Um so yeah, uh thank you everybody for for tuning in this edition of Walking the Ropes. Uh yeah, we've got Fastlane Sunday. We will most likely cover that on our Tuesday broadcast along with Monday Night Raw. And yeah. then by that point or by the next podcast after that there will be a bit of a schedule shift most likely um in some way shape or form um as i have recently been employed and uh shit's gonna get wacky now um which we're working towards the new schedule for post mania anyways um yeah you guys will like that too um yeah just judging by the way you guys view our stuff you like the same do yeah so uh changing up the scheduling there uh mania week scheduling honestly will come as soon as we can put something together because i mean we've got to see our work see i mean 
there is literally so many hours of content that week that we've just we've got to have the time for it and we have to find the time for it you know it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting it's gonna it's honestly gonna suck because we're gonna probably end up not sleeping at all it's gonna be weak well that's the worst part i work overnights so you want to talk about no sleep till brooklyn yeah fuck no till tampa but okay um anyways Uh, yeah uh but yeah you had anything else to add blake uh just whenever you guys see some news and stuff give us a tweet about it because we will put it into our new show if we deem it good enough news i guess you could say um it helps us make our segments better for that and helps you guys see things that you want to see as well yeah uh and obviously absolutely um everything walking the ropes is found through our link tree uh like i said at the top of the show all the ways to listen to us uh all the podcasting platforms we're available on twitch where we air live youtube where the vod's are all of our social medias where we post polls the smackdown poll is still active um where we discuss it here uh yeah, our Twitters, uh, we announce when we go live, as well as ways to support us, our Redbubble and our tipping page, if you wish to do so. Uh, but that is definitely not necessary. Um, but yeah, with all that being said, we should be back for the Tuesday uh, edition to cover Fastlane and Raw. And then we'll go from there. Yeah. So uh, thank you, everybody, for listening, and uh, we will see you on the next edition. Yeah, we'll see ya.